This episode of the Socks and Sandals podcast is brought to you by Mr. OK's Essentials. Mr. OK's is 100% black owned. Uh, you all have heard, if you haven't heard, the owner, the creator of Mr. OK's Essentials was on the Socks and Sandals podcast episode 101. So check it out. But uh, Mr. OK's provides 100% natural candles, body butter, and soap. Okay? 100% natural ingredients, 100% black owned, and 100% vibes and love poured into every product. All right, now go to the website, www.mrokesessentials.com. In the checkout, enter promo code SOCKS to receive 10% off your next order, okay? Once again, go to the website, get your candles, get your butter, get your soap, get right, and enter promo code SOCKS, S-O-X, and receive 10% off your next order. somebody's really down with me like they don't bring that type of vibe to me they don't bring yeah. that negative energy yeah so i started really just looking at like who's around me like mm. people i know they don't say this stuff to me mm. even people i know that like even if we don't talk 24 7 they don't act like this towards me so mm. so why am i giving value to somebody that i like just met or mm. barely know like why am i why am i letting that be a value if i wouldn't if I'm not gonna listen to you for anything else, mm. I'm gonna let you listen to. I'm a, I'm gonna listen to you about my race uh, or who I am. Yeah, like, yeah. so why would I do that? Like, right. it start. Like, I started asking myself that question. Like, why are you listening to somebody if you wouldn't let this person <laughs> assist you on a homework assignment? Mm. You gonna let that same person Affect talk to you them. about how you should view yourself? What up, what up? I want to welcome you all back to the Socks and Sandals podcast where society, culture, history, and religion collide and we unapologetically discuss our worldviews. It's your guy Emmanuel. I'm back and you are listening to another episode within the Racial Identity series, man. I was able to link up with my guy Paul Peters and uh, man, I had so much fun recording this. We literally sat and talked well over three hours Uh, we recorded three hours talked for a good 15 20 minutes before that i just had to hit the record button but you know i will edit this down just for the sake of your own listenership this still might be one of the longest episodes that i've published but um the conversation was so good and we hit on so many points um and not and it you know the thing i like about this is it wasn't as serious as most of my um, episodes are, and it was a good combination of the society and cultural things that are going on, but also the topic at hand, man. So hope y'all sit back, relax, and enjoy this joint. Um, if you are on iTunes, go ahead and rate five stars really quickly, man. Take about uh, 20 three seconds i bet you don't even take that long i want you to actually set your timer for 23 seconds go into the itunes app rate five stars and see how quick you can do that all right so i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and let y'all get it ready go ahead get your timers ready on your iphone swipe up hit the hit the clock right there go to timer set it for 23 seconds all right all right we got it okay What's that? Uh, invoice. 
checks let's go all right so um now go to your itunes go to the itunes podcast app you probably already in there if, you, if i'm talking to you um and then rate five stars and you see the check mark your feedback is submitted boom and then even in this 23 seconds you can shoot me a quick note shoot me a quick comment because the comments man that's actually that's actually even more important than the five star rating so set your timer for 37 seconds and see if you can write your boy a comment in itunes faster than 37 seconds i know it's a lot of instructions but man it really means a lot your feedback is my oxygen i need it i crave it you know what i'm talking about so i appreciate y'all for doing that if you're on soundcloud hit that heart hit that repost every little bit of support and sharing and visibility helps so i appreciate you guys in advance all right so let's get to it man a wonderful amazing rich astonishing forget it just tune in y'all it's gonna be dope all right holla at y'all next time grace and peace they survived that part and then had to go to jail yeah you know what i'm so sick of bro i hate that we as black people kind of have to hang our hat on being like strong and being survivors it's like man we survived so much man we you know we're resilient people yeah okay that's cool yeah but i'm i don't i'm not trying to be the ultra survivalist of all time i'm not trying to be you know the person that takes on the most beatings and takes on the most (laughs) you know what i mean the most trauma is still here like nah, we gotta stop this trauma like we gotta we gotta stop feeding into it and we gotta we gotta stop allowing it to happen bro like something has to happen where we gotta rise above being the victim and start inflicting something but we or or freeing ourselves in some type of way you know what i mean but even like i had we had an had an interesting interesting discussion um with some friends ironically on his podcast we was talking about how like um just something as simple as like now just like you know i love you bro like being real oh yeah you know what i'm saying like like dudes still get awkward with Mm, that you know what i mean like because we have that whole Oh, I don't want to be gay thing. It's like, that's not gay. Yeah. Like, you don't have to take it that way. Right. Niggas like, saying pause and stuff. Right. Like, yeah. like you know, like, <laughs> like they I do to... it though. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Like, I don't say pause for certain things, but you know. Like, I, I, I made a conscious decision. <laughs> but I made a conscious decision probably, probably my, uh, probably my mid 20s. Yeah. I was like, um, you know, because I'd, I'd lost my, my grandmother. Yeah, so and I was like, you know what? And granted, she was old, yeah. and she had, you know, went through congestive heart failure and stuff like that. But I was like, you know what? If if I'm a, if, if I don't know where this is gonna end up mm-hmm. with some of my friends, so I'm gonna just tell them, yeah, I love you, bro. Yeah. And at first, they would always be like, looking at me. I'm like, bro, don't take it that way. Right, right. I just want you to understand, if nothing's promised, right. So if I'm gone tomorrow, just you know, know, just know that I love you, man. I appreciate you. Yeah. And so it it took it took a solid. You know, two to three years yeah. for some, and I can't, uh, you know, I don't say it to everybody, but it took a solid two to three years for some of my core friends to kind of get past it yeah. and be like, okay, I understand where he's coming from. Yeah. They're like, okay. So they was able to be cool. But like, we got to get to that point. Like, because like you said, like, we, 
you shouldn't have to be hard all day, every day. You shouldn't have to be the toughest dude all the time. Like right. that's not a badge of honor. Tough dudes still die. Yeah. Everybody dies. So But you, it's like it's just not conducive to living a good life. No. Like that's black a lot people of are dying of stress. <laughs> Man, for real. Like we we die because we're stressed out. We die we have a shorter lifespan because we're living under stress and we're living in survival all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're surviving, but that like we got to get Man, I don't know, man. We just we just got to get past that. Well, in that vein that you're talking about, and we got to fight for. We it. already, we already have systemic and racial stuff. We got to survive on a day. For sure, for sure. The last thing we need to do is feel like, like you're saying, like we got to live up to being tough to handle it. Yeah. Because that's a whole different level of stress. Yeah. It's like so. Excuse me. It's bad enough. Yeah. It's like I'm a black man. You know, I'm in the car driving this and a third, and I got to deal with if the cops pull me over, if that's a yeah. thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then when I'm not in those situations and I'm just in the comfort of my house, I take, we got to take that off. Like, yeah. we got, like, you know, like, yeah. we, we don't have to be hard every, like, you, you got to take it you off. You got to take it off. Like, it's some, you know what I mean? Like, uh, that's funny, bro. You, you have to. You have to. But, so it's funny because I did a series uh, with my guy Oba. Shout out to Oba. We did a series mm-hmm. based upon Nikki Giovanni and James Baldwin conversation. Mm-hmm. So this took place. Their conversation took place like 1971, 72, something like I think like I've that. seen that. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, and Nikki was saying that same thing. She's like, you know, I seen my father. Or let's just say he was talking about my father, your father, just a black man come home. And he's, you know, he's dealing with being discriminated against on his job. And... You know, he feels powerless at his job because the white man is calling him nigger every day and treating him like a a child or an animal. And then he comes home and he inflicts that same type of pain and Mm -hmm. he take he brings that same energy to my mother and he beats on her and he he don't talk to her and he don't talk to the kids. And he's just, you know what I mean? So it's just like, yeah, he's surviving. He's tough because he's going through it and he's coming home and he's still he's still here. However. Like. It, it gets hard to turn that off if that's if mm-hmm. that's your daily existence. Mm-hmm. And so fortunately now with the Internet and just like with many more options, we have progressed inside in society enough to not have to go to a job and put up with that. And because of H.R., <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, so mm-hmm. like ain't nobody calling me nigga every day, you know, mm-hmm. nowhere. So mm-hmm. and so we don't have to go through that, that stress and that trauma. But still, there is like a. It's like an acceptance within our culture, especially for men. We've been socialized to be tough and to be like a thug or something. Not, not necessarily a thug, but like just a tough guy. Like mm-hmm. you got to be somewhat street. You got to be whatever, you know, like dudes will respect you more. Facts. Women will respect you more, to be honest. You know what I mean? Like if you got that alpha mentality and you just whatever. So mm-hmm. it's just like that's cool at a certain point in time. But then. Like, you got to be able to turn it off. And just like you said, telling your brother that you love him, telling your friend that you love him, like, it shouldn't be weird. But, I like, even for me, bro, up until, like, the past couple years, that was weird. Mm-hmm. And that's just how we were raised. Mm-hmm. And so it's good, that you, it's, it's good that you recognize that and change it because our words are powerful, bro. No, it, I, I try to tell exactly what she's saying. Like, when I get off work, like, I tr- like as soon as I get home, I go upstairs away from everybody else. Mm. Change my clothes. Yeah. Cause I'm trying 
even the whole way home, mm. I'm trying to shake off my day. Mm. You know, yeah. and even though I'm working, like I'm working with you, so I'm doing something I want to do, yeah. and I'm helping people, and that's dope. But you're still carrying somebody else's weight, and I don't want to carry that and put that on my kids. For sure. So I'm trying to take it off. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because, like you said, if you're not in the right mind state, <laughs> somebody say something to you, you snap off, and then, and I'm. I'm a huge self-reflect person. Yeah, I do that all the time. I'm my own worst critic. So I know if I sit there and I snap off, I'm going to eventually be like, later, just later, 15 minutes, like, dang, I can't. <laughs> like, man, he just like, he, just, he just wanted to chill. And yeah. I, and that's that's what he's supposed to want to do. He's like, he's supposed to want to chill with me, and he ain't seen me all day, and I ain't seen him. And I, I was just saying to myself I wanted to hang out, and now yeah. I didn't, you know? Yeah. So... Yeah, that'd be the worst for you. Yes, it is, especially, <laughs> your kids, especially during the school year, because yeah. you know he, you know, they got to go to bed at a certain time. So yeah. it's like you ruined the moment. Now he's got to go to bed, and it's yeah. like, damn, I don't want him to go to bed like that. Right, right. That's not cool. Yeah. So. Yeah, I feel it. I feel it, bro. But uh, let's let's get into it, man. I yeah. Ain't, I ain't do no proper intro or nothing. No, it's but, all but but the conversation was flowing, so I was like, man, yeah, let's just go almost there. But yeah, man. Uh, want to welcome y'all to the Socks and Sandals podcast, where society, culture, history, and religion collide, and we unapologetically discuss our worldviews. It's your guy, Emmanuel. I'm not in the kitchen. I'm over here at K-Boo, over here in Southeast Portland, man. Uh, chopping it up with my guy, the voice that you're hearing is the homie, man. We go back to Holy Redeemer. Mm-hmm. Back in, I, I came there in fifth grade. When, when was you there? I came there in sixth grade. Sixth grade. So you came right after me. So, yeah. man, go back to HR in North Portland, man. And, uh, yes, my guy. Paul, Jerome, Peter, say what's up to the people, bro. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Man, man. So I appreciate you coming through. Nah, man, I'm, you know I'm, glad, to, I'm glad to be here, man. You're doing wonderful things. And uh, like I said, when I saw your question, I I, I wanted to say something. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Most man. definitely. And and it's funny because you're not the only person that kind of like doubled back, you know, because I, I put it out. And then, you know, there were some people that immediately, but then it was like you and one other person kind of hit me later. It was like, hey. I want to pull up, you know what I mean? Yeah. So what 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 was it about it, you know, that kind of just kind of weighed on you? you um know? man, when I first read it, when I so when I first read it, I was like, ooh. <laughs> like, whoa. I was like, okay, I was like, he's this is um he's really tapping into something right here. Yeah. And so initially I was like, oh, I don't I don't I don't I don't really want to get into this one. Yeah. And then I just I don't know. I just it just kept for some reason I, in my own head, like mm-hmm. it just kept popping up mm-hmm. like, dude, like that's that's one you should really, really talk about. Yeah. And I probably sat with it for probably because I probably hit you like three days later. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I just sat with it. I was just like, I, you know, it's just one that it was one that was just important to me, yeah. you know, because um, it was a personal thing. I usually don't like talking about myself. Yeah. But. It was just one where I felt, I felt like I had to say something. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and for those that are listening for the first time, but what I'm talking about is I, I had put out a, a post on Instagram and Facebook and um, about leading up to this series, this racial identity series, and I put it out there that I was looking for people to share stories that range from like tragedy to tragedy to triumph when it comes to their internal and external struggles with racial identity. Um, or, you know, just being biracial or raising kids that are biracial or wh- whatever the case might be. Um, and it's, it's funny how, you know, like when you, when you in church 
Mm-hmm. And the pastor's just talking about whatever he planned to talk about. <laughs> right. And you're like, man, he man, he talking directly to me. Right. And it's just like, he just made a sermon, a general sermon. Right. But when you hear certain words and certain narratives and it resonates with you, it ain't it ain't like I was like, Paul, I'm thinking about you, bro. And I'm about to, <laughs> right. you know, facts, you know, right. but it's just like the words go out there, mm-hmm. you receive it mm-hmm. and it resonates. Mm-hmm. And so it just kind of lead. It's like a call to action. Like I have to do something. I've been exposed to it. Mm-hmm. I can't unsee or unread what yeah. I just read. It's in it's in my spirit. And now I got to do something about it. Most definitely. And, yeah. and, and I've liked I've liked all the topics you've brought up. They've all been real poignant. But like you said, it, you. with this one. Like you said, it really felt like, you know, because it was like, wow, okay. Um, again, this, like you said, it's not about me. Right. And and ironically, even the images, I'm looking at, at Jesse Williams on there, and then there was like a couple, of, I can't remember, I was like, dang, man, this is like, <laughs> I was like, okay, uh, this isn't about me, right. <laughs> you know, personally. Right. Right. I was like, we've been friends for a long time, but dang, this feels like he's tapping me on the shoulder right now. So Word. let me think about this. Yeah, man. Uh, it was Jesse Williams. Um, the lady that man, her name was like Bosima St. John or something like that. She's uh, she's like the CEO of Uber. Oh, or yeah. one. She's the CEO of a big company. I forgot which one. And then um, old girl from Blackish. I can never. It's like Zara, Zara y- Yashidi or something mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. But she had kind of like either I was trying to pick people that were like you know of mixed race or just mm-hmm. dark skin or light skin because of because mm-hmm. the colorism thing that we all right. deal with. Um, man. As people of color. So, or not, I don't want to keep saying that. Not people of color, but like people that have melanin in their skin. You have to, you have to deal with, uh, right. (laughs) With colorism in some form or fashion. Yeah. Um, and sometimes we inflict that wound on ourselves and on each other. Oh, and I have Mariah Carey on there too, Mm. in Mm -hmm. in that picture. Mm. But, uh, but yeah, man, um, before we get into all of that, um, tell the people who you are, where you're from in a typical day in the life of Paul Peters. Yeah. So, uh, I'm from North, Northeast Portland. Um, currently married. We have two kids, uh, Josiah and Savannah. Josiah's eight. Savannah's three. Um, I'm in an interracial marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ironically met my wife at Holy at Redeemer. Redeemer. Yeah. So that's interesting. Shout out to Stephanie. Yep. Um, I see. I'm a I'm a school social worker at Alliance at Benson. So it's an alternative mm-hmm. school with inside inside Benson High School. Mm-hmm. Um. And then yeah, I'm also currently working on just building my my own nonprofit. Yeah. Uh, like I said, just continue to uh, work with youth, and that's just my that's my passion is you know trying to be a positive influencer, mentor, for sure. You know, guide. I was fortunate enough to have some yeah. in my life, and um, you know, so just want to give back, want to continue to give back, and um, man, just continue to work on being a better me. Yeah. You know. For sure. So. Yeah, that's just that's it. Right now, I'm off, um, cause I'm on the teacher schedule, so I'm off for the summer. But um, just been grinding, working on the nonprofit, and preparing for Sneaker Week yeah. and stuff like that later in uh, in August. So for sure, yeah, man. And tell yeah. us about Sneaker Week. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, Sneaker Week is is uh, it's a great experience um, for those who this will be the third one. So it's just it's a week long um, series of events. And it's just um, in Portland, or is it yeah, other cities? Yeah, just in Portland. Okay. And so it was created by um, a great dude named Herbert and a friend of mine named John. And uh, they, it's just a curated experience. You have different designers that come in, people that 
um, you know, have design shoes or, you know, um, um, cleats, all types of stuff. And there's stuff over at Pencil as well. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, they've had, so you have people come and talk and speak and uh, just, it's just all around just great experience. Um, And it'll be the 11th through the 17th. Mm Mm-hmm. I'll have to double check. I'll get you the dates again. Um, And then, so what I've been doing for it this year is we have interns. And so we've had some interns that are helping with it and help with the uh, marketing portion. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just trying to help them with the soft skills so that regardless of where they are um, in any other job or if they become entrepreneurs, they have those skills to to do it. You know what I'm saying? Learning how to, um, you know, adapt their skills and use their different skills that they may or may not have. Communication. All that's going to be very important for this next generation. Yes. Because uh, with the Internet and Google and AI, like just that type of intelligence is almost like obsolete. Just being just having to just know knowledge. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like you don't have to know everything. Mm -hmm. You just got to know how to find it. Mm -hmm. But most importantly, you got to know how to work with people. Yes. And be valuable as a person. Yes. Because if your personality isn't valuable and people don't like you, they don't get along with you like you know, there ain't too many people to go around that's going to be working on certain projects. It's going to be mostly automated. So mm-hmm. if you're going to if you're going to stand out, like you got to be a great person. Yeah. 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 It, it, most definitely. For <laughs> most sure. definitely. For sure. So before we get into the topic of, you know, race and colorism and, you know, raising biracial kids, all that, mm-hmm. all that stuff, man, it's going to get real heavy. But um, I wanted to touch on something. Uh, let me know if this kind of stands out to you. OK. September 20th. What is that date? Does that ring a bell? Does that strike a chord? It's two days after my parents' marriage anniversary. Okay. Shout uh, out to the folks. I feel like it's something I should know. Maybe. It's a cultural event that's coming up. I don't know it, but Nevada. I feel like I should. Nevada. Mm. Area 51. Oh. Let's go. You going? Yeah. No. You know what? No. What you mean? I'm not doing nothing where, no. Paul, let's pull up real quick, bro. Hell no. <laughs> no, that's an immediate. Come on, bro. Every, every time I see that. Pull up. Listen, every, real quick. every time I see that, I'm like, so you you are asking <laughs> the government to do <laughs> to some murder wild. <laughs> that is the word. Like, I don't even, I, yeah. But you know what's funny? Hmm. I said this a few years ago. I said, there's nothing more dangerous than a white man would have caused Oof. that they believe in. Oof. That's the most dangerous thing ever. If they believe in something, they will die for it. Mm-hmm. And it does, and, and a lot of people always go to the extreme of like race. No. Mm-hmm. Remember a few years ago, off the St. John's Bridge, people was hanging in the canoes and stuff. Mm. Who else is going to do that? Mm. Not trying to be funny. I'm just being honest. So when the Area 51 stuff came, I was like, nah, I can't. But it's going to be a lot of folks, man. Yeah, listen, it, ain't, it ain't just going to be white people that, that pull up. I know, but I'm just saying, well, you know? listen, I know who they're going to shoot. They're going to shoot the ones that look like us. <laughs> I'm just saying, but I know who's going to be the most there. Yeah. I'm not trying to search that out. No. I, do, I think it, do I think they got some? If it's a spot that they don't want you to go, I know there's a reason. Obviously, a, they got a, a lot of stuff reason. in there that yeah. they don't want us to know about, yeah. which means... On the flip side of that, so I said a white man would have caused. So you put a person in power would have caused the same mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. and they trying to protect that. Mm. What what links are they willing Talk to go? Talk about by any means necessary, right? Brother. So what yeah. are they? What links are they 
willing to go to protect whatever's in Area 51? Word. I don't want to find out. I'm going to be glued to my phone. I'm going to be, yes. you know, looking yeah, for Instagram yeah. <laughs> videos, I'm you watch. know, a whole bunch of IG live yeah. going on, you know. So I, I want to see it happen in real time, but yeah. I'm not I'm not going there. Hell no. I don't, I don't have the complexion for the protection. I'm getting shot first. Exactly. That's yeah. like, it's hard enough here. Yeah. I'm not going, like. <laughs> Putting yourself in right, harm's way, like, bro. Right. Yeah. Oh, my God. I remember when I was still at Western, I drove around for a little stupid. People, please don't do this. I drove around in my car. I didn't have insurance. Because mm. I couldn't afford it. Yeah, it was just, and then, and then it got to a point where it wasn't even a matter of whether I could afford it or not. Mm-hmm. I just was like, well, forget it. I ain't got caught. I'm not gonna do it. Mm. Till they caught. caught me. Yeah, and then was like, yeah, we're gonna tow the car, and you're just gonna have to get home. Mm. And I was like, and I was in the, I was in on the little highway in between um, Corvallis and Monmouth. Mm. And I was like, for those that are not from Oregon. That's in the middle of nowhere. Yes. It's so I'm a, looking it's at the not cop. In Portland. Good so, hour and a half. Out from so I'm looking at the cop. So first off, he already he already has sized me because I'm a, so I'm in a fraternity. So I'm in Kappa Alpha Psi fraternity. Yeah. Right. So I have my cane with me. Mm. Right. Because we was going to step practice. Word. So he already took my canes because that's a weapon. So he had those wow. in the front seat. Then he's like, "Well, cane you gonna have to you gonna have to you gonna have to just get home." Yeah. I'm like, "Uh." You realize where I am right now. Yeah. I'm literally in the middle. And luckily they gave us a little ride. But that was dangerous enough for me. That yeah. was. Word. So I'm not. So that's your, that's your experience that was, of being out in the middle there you of go. nowhere. Yep, I'm good. So <laughs> Area you had 51, that thrill. Yep, so Area 51 is a no-go. I, feel I, don't, I don't need that trouble. Man, it's going to be interesting, bro. Because I, I, do, I do believe that there is a 87% probability that there's some alien activity going of course. on, you know, and they got some stuff and that they're sharing technology with them folks, you know, and I don't know how they're doing it, but it's I your, believe it's going on. I believe it's your, whatever, there's it, a possibility of whatever you think is happening, is yeah. happening. <laughs> I just, I just, I don't want to be proven right and then have to die for it. Right. Cause I mean, yeah. Let's say, or they got the men in black little thing, and right? Just... <laughs> right. I mean, let's say you. I mean, let's say somebody is even able to hypothetically get in. Yeah. You're not getting out. Yeah. You not. You're not getting out. Yeah. And if they do have alien technology, you like, you're not gonna be able to Instagram it. So. Mm. And they gonna. They, so, they ain't gonna have no signal. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. So as, at the end of the day, if you find out the information, your phone you gonna, gonna melt. <laughs> yeah. You are gonna die with that information. Like, it's like a. It's like a force field. Like as soon literally. as you step in it. Anything metal is gonna melt, <laughs> right? Like if you, right? I don't know, but it's just, I don't, yeah, it's, I don't want it's, that it's gonna be some wild revelations from that. I yeah. think I believe you. I, yeah. I don't want. I just don't want that problem. Yeah, no smoke on this end. I'm good. I don't I can, so Paul's not going. No, okay. staying here. Where <laughs> you got? Any, you got any family that's going? You don't even. No. Okay. And if they are, don't call me. I don't want. I don't, <laughs> I don't know you. I don't, I don't know you because I don't want them thinking you told me something right. and then I <laughs> listen. I don't want that problem, please. Oh, don't. we have intelligence that you have. Yeah, that you no. <laughs> no. <laughs> come knocking on your door, bro. I want none of that problems. Oh, man. That's funny. Um, One more thing, bro. I was seeing something on Twitter, and it was like a clip from some show on BET. And um, mm-hmm. they were talking about Lauren Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say I saw a clip of it. Okay. So but it was talking remember. about Lauren Hill and her legacy. Mm-hmm. Do you think her legacy is well deserved, or is she one of the most overrated? Wow, um, you know to be fair, 
Um, damn. To be fair, it's kind. I I, I see both sides. Mm. Um, the miseducation of Lauren Hill. I mean, it's still an album that, to me, stands the test of time. Yeah. Um, you know her talent and uh, just that album as a whole mm-hmm. is a classic. You can still listen to it. Word. Um, I think the she's one of those people that um for whatever reason cuz I don't know all the details we just we didn't get to see her really you know get to um really be great you know what I mean I feel like she was even with Miss Education Learn I feel like she was you know scratching the surface mm-hmm. you know um yeah so for whatever reason her her career was stifled you know it wasn't able to go the distance see what what one of the brothers was saying was like it's all her Mm. Like she stopped making music, you know, like she stopped working hard and Mm. she's still doing shows and her shows aren't up to par. And people are disgruntled, like fans go to the show and she ain't really, Mm. you know what I mean? She not, she not really giving it to them like what they paid for. Well, one thing I heard was she doesn't own any of her masters or anything. So she can't like officially sing, but I heard. But see, I don't know. See, that's I why I said. I ain't, I ain't see, that's why that. I said I don't know. There's a lot of artists that don't own their masters. So that's, well, that's not, ain't nothing new. True, you but know? what I was saying was I don't, and which is why when I initially heard it, I was like, well, how does that? Because people were saying like at the shows she'll do songs, but it's not the song. Like so, it'll be like um, a cover. Like like yeah, like that thing. Like she'll like like for instance that thing. Like she'll do that song, but it's like not the same beat or some. I'm just going. Nah, off what she can. I heard. She can perform her own know. music. That's she can what, perform her own music. No, nah, but yeah, it, they, they right. will say she'll do it over a different beat. And, right. So, so when I was hearing those weird things, I was like, okay, well, I don't really know. But she has production credits that she took from other people. So, like, she has, she has more credit, and got you know, she got more credit for things that she did on her album that she actually didn't do. So, mm. I mean, she, she got a lion's share of the credit. She got a lion's share of the money from that mm. album. And so, what? So she has that. She has Miseducation, right. which is a bona fide classic. There's yeah. no argument, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there was the Unplugged album, which wasn't that great. Mm-mm. And that's it. Two albums yeah. in twenty plus years. But see, then now, see, then I would ask the same question about Big. Does but like is, the, the is, dude is, said, is, Big is, died. I listen. I, Big didn't fall a, off. Listen, here's he the thing. didn't fall off. I, listen, I agree. He he did die. That's not something he could control. And on the mental health aspect, I don't know what made Lauryn Hill stop. Because yeah. I'll play devil's advocate on that side. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But to be fair. Nah, nah. You can't. I, just, I just, just to pose the question. No. Is, can, can you really, can no. you say Big is the, overrated? The, the best? I'm not going to say the overrated. I'm just saying when you put somebody in the GOAT conversation. Well, that's that's the thing about the whole equation with Big and Pac, of course they're going to get rated higher because they never fell off. we never seen them fall off. That's why when it comes to a, any type of GOAT conversation, mm-hmm. I immediately go to Jay-Z, and it's not even close. Like, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not going to debate by, nobody. Yeah. By far. It's just like, how could you not? He has, he has the, the record. He has the, he has the discography, the, the amount of records to show, like, bruh, he's the GOAT. By far. Easily. Yeah. You know? And so... When it comes to big, when it comes to pop, they died. So we right. can't we can't speculate. All we can do is base off what they did. Right. Now, when Big was out, 
he was way, way better than Jay Z, and it wasn't even close. I don't know if I would say better. No, I would say he had. He the was spot. better. I would say he had the spot. I don't know if I would say he was better. I'm just being honest. He wasn't better than Jay. I don't. I don't know if I would go there. Jay isn't even who he is without Big. I wouldn't go Jay, there either. Jay references so many of Big's lyrics. A lot of people, but that's because he died though. That's no, it's no, that, but it's but that same vein. But Big was that great though. And, he and okay, it's, it's, but it's okay. Look, it's okay <laughs> to acknowledge that. <laughs> no, he was great. It's okay. But even okay, but Big to was me, that even great. In, but he just got his time got cut short, and Jay no, used a lot of his a lot of his material, and that. And that's okay. Yeah, I'm not a biter. I'm a writer for myself and others. Exactly. I say a big so verse. I'm Jay, only bigging up my Jay brother. Jay is still the goat because he's stood the test of time. Uh, with with all due respect to, to Big, but it's just like you've heard Brooklyn's finest, though. Of course. Okay, so you going? Come on. That's one track. That's I'm not. <laughs> I have. That's the only track they did together. I got to base it on what I got. Okay. So how you feel about Renegade? Renegade. I've so I've gone. I've waffled back and forth for that. Okay. I'll say this. The history behind Renegade, but people don't realize is that was an Eminem song that he gave to Jay. Mm. So it's so it's it's like if me and you went to the booth and said we're gonna do a track together. Yeah. And then if you kill me on the track, then that's different. Mm-hmm. But if you do a song for you, so the beats for you, the <sighs> topic, yeah, I the, get it. The cadence, I get it. I get and then you give me the song, right? I can only do what I can do with it for sure. You see what I'm saying? So so Brooklyn's finest was the like. That was they song. wrote it together, but that's cool though. Like I'm, I'm not seeing saying? them because if if we're doing that, then who, you, who is better, Big L or or Jay? Because have you heard that freestyle? Yeah, but if but it's but bro, Big L didn't get a he didn't get a nigga he, bars, he bro. Did. No, he did. I, no, he did. But it's, <laughs> Big L got cut short. He did. Yes, you know. And so no, I yeah, Big I agree L was that. that dude. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It, that's what I'm saying. It's you know, so Jay Art. If if we doing that, then Method Man is is a better rapper than Biggie, because but on, I could argue that though. on on the what Method Man killed Biggie, but I could argue that and though. Method was like the only dude that that was a feature on anything that Biggie did when it came to Ready to Die, right? So on the what Method Man murdered that, but that's what I could that's what I'm saying. I could argue that though, but you can't argue that Method Man is better than Biggie. <laughs> if you right, talk, give me give if me you your, give me your argument that how Method Man is no, I didn't say better than him. I'm just saying. I could argue as if if you're talking about, cause okay, when you t- when I talk about rap, when I think about lyricism, yeah. lyrics and how you put and how you put your stuff together. Yeah. I would, I would. So look, we went in on that topic for quite a while, so I'm gonna just go ahead and speed through that. It <laughs> save y'all a hip hop debate, but uh, man, that's what happens when you get two passionate hip hop heads together. That both kind of enjoyed that same era, man. I mean, obviously, you know, me and Paul are the same age. So um, we had a lot to say about that topic. But long story short, let's get into the meat of the conversation. So it is what it is. I don't want to get into that. But uh, Yeah, that's a whole nother. That's a whole nother <laughs> that's, can of that's, worms, that's, bro. That's worse than the, yeah, than the Jay-Z for conversation. For sure, for sure. It's, to me, it's just it's heinous. Like, how do y'all even say that? But, uh, but yeah, man, so let's let's get into this, man. Um when it comes to your situation, or just just tell the you know tell the folks that, that don't know, yeah. you know your ethnicity, how you identify. Yeah. So I'm black. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, both my parents are black. Right. Uh, I'm light skinned though. Mm-hmm. Um, you consider yourself light skinned? Well, I've darkened up as I've gotten older. <laughs> darkened up. <laughs> I have. I have. No, you get you get darker as you get older. But if you yeah, if you used to see pictures of me when I was little, and um, yeah, I mean. <laughs> 
it was yeah so both my parents are um darker than me my sister and then me and my brother my brother's a little bit darker but yeah, yeah. we're both light for sure um so yeah gr- growing up um having freckles having mm-hmm. you know hazel like eyes mm-hmm. you know it was um it was always a it was always a a a a, a weird space really because whether I was around black people or white people, there was always the questions. What are you? What are you? What do you mix with? Right. Mm. And or and then there was always this kind of from either, like you're not black enough. Wow. So it was weird. So 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 to be fair, being short, <laughs> stocky as a kid, mm-hmm. uh very emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, that and then having the race thing on top of that, I was battling a lot of stuff. And then all my friends was was older growing up, so you know I did a a lot of my fair share of fighting. Um, but yeah, it was it was. And then Paul being my name, and that's my dad's name. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad's name is Paul. But later that became funny because you know you go to job interviews, and you put Paul Peters mm-hmm. on the you know application, and For they sure. see the resume, and then walk in and they see the black guy walking. Like, oh, hey. And it's always funny. Hey. To, it's always funny because oh, you, uh, you can always tell they Paul, didn't. And they go, Paul? Right. Because you can always tell they had a different thought sure, in their head. For sure. And then I show up. The facial expression and, like, hmm. and voice inflection says it all. Right. Right. So it's always it's always one of those things. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, even growing up, before I even knew the term for it, you know, code switching. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, you know, because my parents... My dad was like, "You gotta be able to, you gotta be able to navigate all worlds. Yeah. So you gotta be able to use slang and talk that. Yeah. And you gotta be able to speak properly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So doing that, you know, um, my parents worked real hard to put us in different situations where we could have those different conversations. So like mm-hmm. as a, as a kid, um, when I was like eight, my parents, my dad was like, my mom and dad was like, everybody's gonna learn how to ski. Wow. You know what I mean? So me, my brother, them." They skis. Yeah. So mm. and so we used to ski and then that turned into um, you know, we would take trips because we used to go to Reno and stuff mm-hmm. and then Lake Tahoe. Mm. And we would sometimes go over there in the summer. Sure. Well, you go down there in the winter, obviously snowing, then you go to the mountains and ski. So I've skied, you know, where they held the Winter Olympics, like Squaw Valley. I've skied on that. Word. I've done like mountain runs on there. I can't ski now because I I don't have a death wish, but as a kid, like, you know, you don't have that fear. But to learn how to ski and do things like that, um, and it was always funny because, again, being able to have these conversations, then I'm talking with, you know, my black friends, mm-hmm. and they're like, what? I'm not doing Like, you know what I mean? That's, right. I'm not doing that shit. And then, <laughs> but then I talk to white kids, and I'm like, you ski? Mm. And then what would be funny. The voice inflection. Well, what would be funny is the flex, though. See, for them, they will go skiing at Timberline mm-hmm. or Mount Bachelor or something. Oh. I'm like, they'd be like, have you skied there? I was like, yeah, I, like once or twice. They're like, oh, yeah, we got season passes. I was like, and then my flex would be like, oh, well, have you skied on the Sierra Mountains? <laughs> and they'd be like, they'd be like, well, where is that? Oh. Like, it's in California. I was like, have you skied in Squaw Valley? They're like, what's that? I was like, man, they held the Olympics there, the Winter Olympics there. <laughs> you know, it's cool. Oh. And they're like, Life what? Flex. And I'd be like, yeah. I was Life like, I was like, have you ever done a mountain run? It's like, what is that? I was like, it's like a long 
mile like where you got to go take a gondola up to think what's a gondola now see yeah, now yeah, but it would be funny so now i'm hitting them with the minor flex yeah so it but it would be but then i'd still get the looks though because it's like you shouldn't be able to do that right or your family shouldn't be doing it and then like i said the you know my black friends would be like oh that's white so of that's course. corny. Yeah. So it was. So it would. It was still like a short-lived flex, too. Mm. You know, or even something to share. So it was. <laughs> so yeah. that that thrill only lasted so long, yes. and then you it went back. Very, and you went back to your neighborhood, and it then was, was very like, minor. Nigga, right? Get yeah, that's corny. <laughs> you know, and even though everybody knew my parents, and you know, yeah. but it was still like, you know, for people that knew my parents and knew me, then it was like okay. But if Do they you didn't, think your parents' me, motivation for that was purely a love for the snow. Or to really just give you a different experience. I think it was, I think it was purely just to give a different experience. My dad's from L.A. Yeah, you know, and um, you know his parents divorced very young, mm-hmm. and you know his his mom moved him up here, um, because the path my dad was on was not going to be great. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you you know, and then my mom's from here, and um, you know, th- for them. It was always just about giving us experiences that they didn't have or yeah. didn't do, mm-hmm. and 1,000%. My dad always wanting me and my brother to be well-rounded, mm. just to be able to to um, be in all the conversations in every conversation, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, be able to have a voice. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's so much. Like you know, you you don't know what you don't know, mm-hmm. and when you can't go into certain areas or or you're not able to be in certain conversations that's the quickest way to you know yeah most most negative stuff is done in plain sight a lot of people think it's like oh i'm hiding it from you i mean we talked about area 51 but i mean but even that is in plain sight like people know where it's at right you know what i mean it's It's not like right it's not like it is completely yeah you know devoid of you finding it you know there are signs right right so (laughs) so but if but having more knowledge and having that ability you know that was just all they ever wanted you know was to us to be able to fit and not fit but to be able to do what we want yeah go in every room yeah. you know and i didn't really understand it as a kid mm-hmm. but as i got older um and then i'm having these different conversations with people mm-hmm. it w- it became interesting to see you know the the racist vibe when i'm talking about mm. You know, people talk about skiing because, you know, and I don't, and, and they don't even realize they're doing it. Like, right. oh, yeah, I'm going skiing, but I mean, you know, or like swimming. Mm-hmm. Like when I said, oh, I was a lifeguard and swim instructor. That look is always oh, like, yeah. what? Yeah. You know, I was yeah. like, yeah. Like I passed all my, I passed all my, all my swimming classes. I was done by 10, mm. by 10 years old. Yeah. I was able to go and get the little 10 pound brick from the bottom mm-hmm. and then tread water. I didn't want to do swim team. I wasn't that talented, but yeah. I could swim. Yeah. I was good. So it was always a trip where you'd be in these spaces and then people would be like those those non non black Mm. things Mm -hmm. come up. And then it's like, you do that. Mm. You just lifeguard and swim instructor. Like not. So not only could I save you, I could teach your kid to swim. (laughs) I did both. Yeah. You know, not only did I know where the mountain was, I skied on it. Yeah. Well, too. I was good at it. And you ain't been there. Right, and you have not gone. Yeah. So that was it. Was so it was, it was always a trip. That's that's crazy. You know, it's funny because um, I never learned how to swim, Mm -hmm. Uh, and I'm at the point in my life where I'm like, I'm not, I'm not trying to. (laughs) 
and I, I don't care. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. However, I definitely wanted my kids to learn how to swim. So my son, he learned last last two summers, but last year is when he really got it, you mm-hmm. know, and I seen him go down to the bottom of, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, seven feet, come back up, seen him jump off diving boards and stuff right. last summer. So I'm just like, I almost, I almost shed a tear when I seen him do that, mm-hmm. man, because it was just like, as a kid, I wish I knew how to swim. And actually, everybody in my family knows how to swim except for me. Uh, so it just so happened that, like, my parents was taking everybody to lessons at Columbia, mm-hmm. and then there was a day when it just stopped. And mm-hmm. I was still, like, I don't know, an otter. You know, you go through mm-hmm, class, mm-hmm. like, penguin, otter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I am a 34-year-old otter to this day. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still I'm still that dude. When I get in the pool, I'm putting my hands on the on the wall, and I'm kicking my legs. Mm-hmm. That's all I know. <laughs> Man, it was, it was. That's it, bro. What's funny is. So that's so like I said, being an interracial relationship. Yeah. So what's funny is is your know, Stephanie's white mm-hmm. and her family, yeah. and none of them can swim like as good as I can swim. Really? And it and and but they it, can swim. They can. Yeah. Yeah. But they was like self taught, so it's horrible. Mm. Like there's certain things you got to do because I was yeah. like, you got to the way you put you your face at in water. Form like what? what well, I'm like, right because like I told her I was like, so we. We went. I, we went to. Uh, they go up to Cougar or whatever it is all the time. That's where you know they would camp. Mm-hmm. So it was out there swimming, and I couldn't help it. Like it almost. <laughs> in hindsight, it could have ruined the relationship because it was in the beginning. But I was like, I was like, yo, you, like you making this way harder than it needs to be. And she was like, what? What are you talking about? I was like, you're swimming. Like, what are you doing? Your form is terrible. I was like, your form. I was like, your head. I was like, the way your head is off the water. Like. <laughs> I was like, if you put your face in the water and blow the air out and turn your head, like you, you, you exert more energy. You know what I'm saying? And then she I realized, huh? listen. And then I realized I was like, this isn't cool. Her mom is here. Like uh, everybody, like you know, cousins. Shut up. So I just <laughs> I had to dial it back. But word. but it was but it's like oh, That's looking back. I don't think my dad wanted me to critique my girlfriend at the time. Yeah, but. I think the point is, like I said, to answer your question, was to be able to put us in a situation where um, <clears throat> he didn't want us to feel awkward. Yeah. You know, my dad was like, growing up in L.A., my dad was like <laughs> like a hood Huck Finn because he would, because <laughs> in L.A. you could do all types of stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? So my yeah. dad would like ride the bus out and go fish. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And do stuff like that. But then, you know, and he was, you know, doing stupid stuff with, with friends and stealing bikes from USC and all types of so so my dad so my dad was doing all types of just random stuff, but he wanted us to be different he didn't want us to have you know crazy idle time you know because he did because like I said his parents divorced his his older brother is six years older yeah so he would my dad spent a lot of time by himself yeah. and you know growing up in the 60s and 70s Word. so you know what I mean yeah. and so he did you know they wanted different and I think that's why they try to, you know, curate those experiences. That's dope, man. You know? Yeah. That's that's honorable, man. Salute to your pops. Yeah. For making it happen for y'all, bro. Yeah. So it's it's funny though when you talk about form and uh, you know, seeing Stephanie swim and her form is terrible. My so I I grew up running track. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and my I sisters remember. yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my, my sisters ran and then as as soon as I could, you know, I was on the track team. Right. And so you know, I'm just thinking everybody know how to run. <laughs> Bro, I took my son, I don't know if you see on Instagram, I took my son to the track for the first I saw time. That. And that boy came through the finish line looking like a fish out of water. <laughs> Arms all over, flailing, head back. I'm like, and I literally said, 
your form is terrible. I was like, what are you yeah. doing? And I'm looking at this boy like, man, you don't know how to run? Mm-hmm. Like, what's wrong with you? But then I was like, you know what? He never he never learned. I ain't. That's my fault. I didn't teach him. You know, I taught him how to ride a bike, taught him how to, or took him to lessons to swim. I never taught him how to run. You want to know the cold part? Mm-hmm. So I swim, like I said, well. Yeah. Never taught my kids. Well, how old are they? How old are they? Well, my son's eight. He's like, he, but but know. the point is the yeah. point is is this like it's, you said it it, it's like of all people right, right I was right. a swim instructor right right of all people how my kid on how does how does he not you know what I'm saying it's like you take it for granted because you you've been doing it right it's automatic right and it's like wait you can't, you can't it, it's not even something you think about you I don't I don't right. even I don't even because you probably think well he runs on the playground he has recess yeah. like he plays sports yeah but but it's funny how parents always well not always but typically. If you're trying to be the best parent possible, you're trying to give your kids experiences that you wish you had or just experiences that you Vets. know that you didn't have. Yep. And so the things that you did have that come natural, you don't even think about it. Yep. So you're trying to overcompensate for your childhood mm-hmm. <laughs> what you didn't get. One, listen, 1,000%. Because <laughs> if I look at off top, my son's childhood is dope. Yeah, he's got a lot of stuff that I didn't. My son's do. so spoiled, man. I'm... Yeah, but if I look at like like you just said, if yeah. I look at the stuff I did get, mm-hmm. he's got a lot of those, but yeah. not. There's some not stuff he's still level. missing. And you look at your parents like, how did y'all do all this stuff? Yes. Like, how did you find the time and energy? Mm-hmm. How did you care so much? Mm-hmm. How did you love so much? Because this is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> this is a lot of work, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, like, you getting up, going all types of places, spending all types of money. And it's like, how did y'all do this, man? I think the thing that I've really come to realize the most is, um, and it's self-explanatory, but obviously you create kids. Yeah. So it's got you and them. For sure. The thing is, is realizing a lot of times the stuff your kids do that's the most annoying that's you, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> and that's and the fact. real and the real life, the real life thing I'm realizing with my son and my daughter is like, you know, my son with the, like he's not talking back intentionally, like he's trying to be a smartass, mm-hmm. but he's like trying to say something because he feels like it's a value, mm-hmm. which is what I would do a lot of times because yeah. there's a difference because like some kids like you're legitimately talking back, right. and sometimes I'm like no I'm just trying to get you to understand something, right. but it comes across wrong because. Oh, yeah. He's, you know, yeah. and so I'm trying to realize, like, I'm realizing now I'm saying something like, hey, man, I didn't need you. And then I'm backing up like, OK, hold on, man. Where, OK, who, who did he get that from? OK, he got that from me. God yeah. dang it. OK, yeah. back up. And it's the and it's the same thing. I'll be having to give it to my son a lot, bro. I'm like, man, you got me like all right, one day I was uh like I was going to take them out to my parents house because my parents wanted to stay at night. Right. You know, that's like as a parent, like, yes. Yeah. And so I was talking to somebody and. um He's like, man, what you, what you got going on? I was like, oh, bro, ain't nothing, bro. I'm just about to uh, ship these kids off today to their grandparents' house and blah, blah, blah. So I said that, you know, like middle of the day, getting the kids in the car. And then um, got to the house, and I was just talking to my dad. And, and um, oh, no, no, we were we were just in the car. And he was just like, on our way there, he was like, Daddy, that was mean what you said. I was like, what do you mean? He was just like. Shipping the kids off to your parents, I was like, and I just thought he was talking about like me getting rid of them. Mm-hmm. So I that's so I was I was uh I, I was feeling guilty. I was like, well, like it's not like we don't want y'all around. I'm just saying, like you know, right. you'll you'll know as a parent when you're joking with other parents, it's right. a joke about you know taking your kids to their grandparents' house just so you can have some free time. He's like, no, no, dad, I'm not talking about that. Like you said, you were shipping us off. 
And I was like, so what? I was like, it's, it's just, I said, it's just a, it's an expression. He's like, no, but dad, like our history, our people, like shipping. Oh, and I was dang, he like, went deep. He went deep. I was like, oh um, my God. Wow. I was like, wow. And Renita, my wife looked at me, she was just like, oh my God, that is your son. And I was like, wow. I was like, Lies, you are so right. I would never say that again, bro. And he just went deep. But that's me. That's how deep I'll be looking in this stuff where right, it's just like right. on the surface, it's just like it's it's kind of unnecessary. But if you just be factual with it, yeah. we shouldn't be talking about shipping nobody no, off I, nowhere. And my yeah. son hit me with that. I was like, Elijah, you are so smart. Like, yeah, that's yeah. I was I wasn't sure he was like, going I know. with that. But He's like, I know I'm smart. Once he like, said that, that was yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nah, Even you know when I'm telling that. you, you yeah. like, all right, where's this going? No, I, well, I knew it was I knew it was going somewhere. But yeah. once he hit me with that, I was like, oh wow, wow, yeah, yeah you messed up. Yeah, <laughs> and so it's just like, Elijah, you got me, bro. And nah. he be doing that to me. Uh, a lot, a lot more now that he's ten years old. Like he's just, mm-hmm. you know, he sees it. He's seen he's things, seen it. but it's it's certain things that I've been I didn't realize that I've been instilling in him and like teaching him. But like you know, I'm just going about my everyday life mm-hmm. and I'm just watching stuff and he's watching stuff with me mm-hmm. and and he just remembers what I tell him. He remembers what he watches and and like he was telling me about some. I was like, man, I want you to find one person to read about. Um, this summer or, or you know we gonna get in the car and i would make him watch youtube videos of like black people black history whatever mm-hmm. and he was like all right well um let's watch something like uh some some black panther stuff i was like oh well, i don't got the movie on youtube he's like nah like i want to watch huey newton i was like boy what you know about huey newton he's like well we watched the documentary i said you didn't watch it. he's like yes i did i watched it with you i was like man i ain't watched that in like three four years mm. like, well he said i've seen it and i was like he remembered that, bro. He be hitting me, bro. Yo, that's dope. <laughs> he be hitting that's me, dope. bro. Yeah. So it's it's wild. But going going back to your story, man. When I look at you, mm-hmm. I don't see you as light skin. You know, I know that's your life story, but right. it's like it's it's funny how that's like that perception is different depending mm-hmm. on who you're talking to. Fact. So my my guy Oba, who I you know I was telling you about earlier. Um, we had a long discussion on colorism. I mm-hmm. forgot what episode it was exactly, um, but I think it was one of the Nikki Giovanni and James Baldwin episodes. And um, his definition of light skin, because he's first generation Nigerian, you mm-hmm. know what I mean. So mm-hmm. like, he think everybody light skin. Like he think oh, Erica okay. Badu is light skin. Oh, okay. He think uh, who <laughs> who did he say? Uh, like the name is not not Zoranel Hurston. Who's the other black? Maya Angelou is light skin. I'm like, what are you talking about? Right. Like they're brown skinned people. Right. But for me, when I think of light skin, I think of either mixed mm-hmm. or really it's like an attitude. It's like how you carry yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like Tank mm-hmm. from Holy Demon. Like, yeah. He was light skinned, but he wasn't light skinned, though. No, that was. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? That was the most. That's my guy, but that was the most niggerish dude on the planet. <laughs> Why you gotta be nigger? But I, I know what you talk. Tank was a tough. Tank dude. was tank. Tank was for me like the first the time I saw a person that was for real, like really before his time. Because most dudes that I knew like Tank were man, older, were my older before friends. his time. That's you an mean? understatement. Because like Tank was a grown man at right. fourteen. Like that's he what I'm saying. His much. voice was deep. Like he carried everything himself. about him was before like. 
every everything that I know about Tank when I when I Tank first put met me him, on to life. <laughs> yeah, right. Everybody. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's but my he, guy. Salute to Tank. I don't yeah, know where you at dude. right now, bro. But he uh, he he literally every dude that I knew like him was grown. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Word. Or close to grown. Yeah. So meeting him, it was like he's an eighth grade. Yeah. This is ahead really? of his time. Really? Great. But so the, mature. But the funniest thing I will say about Tank though too is Tank also showed me he was also one of the few um that I black people that I knew that was also super super diverse though. Yes. Cuz if you look at Tank, if you if you think about it, like we like we could joke about it, but Tank really could he really could kick it with everybody. For sure. Literally. Easily. I mean, he, he really could kick it with everybody. He's a he could be in the star. hardest, a... the hard, he could be with the nerdy kids, he could be joking. Like, he could, there was no, because, you know, teachers always try to put you in a group yeah. where you're going to be less likely to mm-hmm. talk or less. Tank <laughs> nah. could literally be cool in every group. Yeah. And and everybody was was cool with him. So it was, he was, yeah, he was, Tank was ahead of his time. And so, to me, like Tank, if I'm not mistaken, either y'all was the same complexion, or he mm-hmm. might have been lighter than you. Tank, we were about the same. Y- y'all was yeah. about the same, right? We was about the same. And so, that's what I'm saying. When I I look at both of y'all, I didn't see y'all as as light skin. It's yeah, it's it's but, like. But your lived experiences is your lived experience. Well, see, in crazy. But the funny part about it is though too, I think it also comes. I think it also comes down to when you talk about you know. Um, the, the person who's, I guess, for lack of better words, you know, trying to take me in, trying to, you know, um, you know, befriend, know, befriend you, me or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It would like it depends on their experience. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, I mean, you're a more well-rounded person. Mm-hmm. I, sadly, I didn't always meet the most well-rounded people mm-hmm. on any race. Right. You know, so I've like I said, I've been asked if I was everything from mixed to was I Puerto Rican mm. or. um Somebody thought I was a, um, which I thought she was completely stupid, but she thought I was, she thought, she was like, are you white? I said, wow. I looked at her, I said, wow. I said, now look, I know I'm light skinned, but <laughs> come, come on, on bro. Now. now you. Like, what kind of white is that? Like, come on. You see my, like, yeah. at this point I had a little, I was like, come yeah. on, fam. Like, yeah. But she was like, well, I mean, I'm just saying, like, cause people tan. I was like, okay. I'm not. Even, I'm just not going to talk to you anymore because this is people gonna, tan. Listen, I just I had to let that go. That was one of I those. I take it this was at Monmouth at Western. No, this Oregon? this was at this was during LaSalle. Okay, so okay. she didn't go to LaSalle, but it was one of those you around people and yeah. Mm. I, just, I was like, I'm gonna just I'm gonna just let you be, and that was an interesting thing at yeah. LaSalle, yeah. Um, because I was the I was the because <laughs> it was me, Jeff, Randy. And Jamil. Right. And was y'all the only ones in y'all class? In our class, yes. So everybody that came from what, the Redeemer what, was what, the only what, black see, kids. Well, what happened was what what seemed to be the trend was they would get some black kids in mm-hmm. and they'd leave after sophomore year because they couldn't, they they couldn't like, I can't do it. it. Yeah. So ironically, Jeff right. left after sophomore year. Yeah. Like RV and them had been there. Um, oh, and I forgot one of back. one of his friends left after sophomore year yeah one of the junior but mm-hmm. so it was funny we were all categorized in different spaces yeah randy he was nice so they was cool with him jamil jamil is also a different dude he's smart and plays sports but jamil wasn't really trying to integrate right with that <laughs> he so wasn't he wasn't trying to integrate no not really but J- but jamil kept me up on game too i yeah. I, I attribute a lot of 
a lot of good shit to him. And yeah. then and then there was me, and um, again being the short dude, I you know I didn't fit into certain boxes, so I was I got into a lot of you know situations because just I wasn't going to not say something. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I remember vividly because we I was growing my hair out, so I had an afro. Yeah, and uh, you know I'll get it braided, but I kept it out. And this girl, and I had a routine in the morning. Mm. My mom even like seriously, my mom bought me a blow dryer. <laughs> I would I would get up, wash my I would get up, shower in the morning, wash my hair, blow dry it out, pick it out, grease my hair. So mm-hmm. I should be, you know, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nice and, and I remember, bruh, Uh-oh. this girl Here walked up, this white girl, man, and Mm-mm. she just, just palmed oh. my shit, man. Just put her whole hand, just spent all that me, time, yeah. And of course, me, 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 everybody looked at me like, yo, what's he about to do? And so she did it. And she, to her ignorance, she wasn't trying to be an asshole. Of course. She was just like, oh, I just love your hair. She did it. Yeah. So I look at her, Mm -hmm. and she had her hair in a ponytail, so I pulled her ponytail out. Ooh. And she was like, (laughs) and now everybody's like, whoa. Yeah, let's go, Paul. And she was like, why would you do that? I said, (laughs) why would you touch my hair? Mm. And she was like, well, I can't. I said, she was like, well, you just messed it up. I said, you just messed my shit up. Mm. And she was like, but I can't mess. I said, how would you know? Do you know what I did this morning to do this? Yeah. Do you you think it's just like this? Like I just woke up? And it's just fluffy. Yeah. Like I sleep on my head. I don't sleep standing up. Yeah. I sleep laying down like you. Isn't your hair messed up in the morning? Mm. Didn't you have to do whatever you had to do to put in mm. a ponytail? And she was like, Well, yeah, but I was like, look, I'm not trying to disrespect you. Right. But you gotta understand, you did just disrespect me. She learned something that day. Don't Valuable. touch my don't touch my hair. Valuable lesson. You gotta ask me. Yeah. And even then I'm probably gonna say no, but at least give me the respect of asking mm. to touch my body. Like for real, like, that's a fact. You know bro. what I'm saying? Like, what it's you? basic. How but, basic does it get? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Man, you good for that, bro? You a good brother? Listen, I had a lot of moments. Like I told you, I had, I've had a lot of moments where, you know, like I said, things have happened, and and then I've, and then it was a learning experience because my dad is, you know, like I said, my dad being from L.A., you know, he always, he always, he's like, hey, son, look, man, you can't fight everybody. Yeah. Number one and number two. You know, he said, I, 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 you know, my dad, he was, I grew up with a lot of tough, I'm not going to say the word, but MFs, yeah, you know, yeah. not all of them are here. Not mm-hmm. really the dead are in jail. So yeah. everybody dies. Right. So you got to pick your battles. Cause right. I used to be quick to, that was just my defense mechanism. I get yeah. mad and duh, 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 go off, ready to fight. And he would just always be like, you can't do that with everybody. Like right. you can't, you got to be smart. Right. And that's what I was saying earlier, like just being the toughest guy and being the, you know, the alpha, and, and nothing mm-hmm. wrong with being alpha, but, like, just put hanging your hat on being yeah. tough and surviving. It's like, man, that ain't. That's not the move. Yeah. It's not. That's that's not always going to put you in the best position possible. But how do you, with the with, with you, you know, being perceived as light-skinned, like, with black people, what's what's it been like? Has it, has it left, like, a bitter taste in your mouth, or did, was it just something where, you had you have a certain coping mechanism with dealing with that colorism, like dudes treating you a certain way or girls. When know. I was little, yeah. it it hurt a lot. Not gonna okay. lie. Yeah. When I was little, it was uh, from I, from I, from black people. From everybody. Oh, from everybody. It was painful. Okay. I, like I said, I was. Like I said, I was. Did you I've feel different levels? 
like from black people like this this situation came up a lot from white people this is how it was more it was it was it wasn't like an everyday thing but it was you know it would come up you know what i mean but it was it was more so i felt like i had i felt like i felt like with white people so this is a funny thing so with everything that my parents was like giving us to um put us in every you know different experiences yeah i felt like i had to prove something to everybody Mm. so with white kids like, oh, you ski better than me, this and the other, so you're not black enough, so now I got to prove I'm black to these motherfuckers. Then I got to prove, because I'm light-skinned, I got to prove that I'm black mm-hmm. to black kids. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of stuff as a kid that I did, which was just to prove that I trying am to, trying who to I already know who I am. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. My, my dad told me when he was little, he was like, look, he's like, black people come in all colors. Yeah. We, we come in every shade. Every shade. He said, so... Don't let people. But the thing is, is you know, he's coming from. A, he's a, he's a grown man, so he's already, you know, he doesn't really. He didn't really know how to. I don't think my parents really knew how to, um, make me feel different mm-hmm. about it. You know what I mean? Like I said, I can show you pictures when I was a baby. I was, as I was super light skinned. Um, I had blue eyes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? For a long time, and then they went to the kind of grayish green and then more so hazel like me and my brother mm-hmm. the only ones with eyes like this in our family mm-hmm. and i have mixed cousins mm-hmm. and my mixed cousins don't even have eyes like us yeah that's what i'm saying and my great-grandfather was born at the end of slavery so he was mixed and my grandmother said he had eyes like that but mm-hmm. the point so that skipped the generation right mm-hmm. but the point is is like i have mixed cousins they don't even have eyes like me mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying i like me and my brother are different so it was yeah it was tough like it was but as i got older i started to realize um, when somebody comes at you like that and it's like a negative, that's not really about me. Right. Because I don't know you. Right. So it's really it's not about projection. me. It's, yeah. it's, so you're feeling something. Right. About you. Mm. And then you just feel like I'm a target. Mm. But as a kid, so as a little kid, I didn't understand it. I took it personal. I think we all the did. Older, the yeah. older you get, you realize, oh, okay, so you're not saying this because I did something to you or because you know me or mm-hmm. I've affected you. Mm-hmm. So something else is going on over there. Right. And I just happen to be the one that's getting hit by it. Right. So once I started to realize that, it became easier to let it roll off. Yeah. It just became easier to be like, okay, okay. So that then? I'm light-skinned, cool. I'm, yeah. Has nothing to do with me. Nothing to do with you. So this is whatever you're You just happen with. to show up. Yep, I just happen to be in the space. Yeah, you're dealing with whatever you're dealing with. Mm. Now, as long as you now, if you continue to be disrespectful, now we got a different problem. But right. initially, I, I, I'm, I'm, they said the older I've gotten, I just realized you just, you, you know, lack of ignorance, you know, or not lack of ignorance, but lack of intelligence and in, in just being ignorant. You know, kids just don't know. That's a fact, bro. And then, and then people pick up what they see, the little jokes like, "Oh, you're light skinned for that," or this, and then it's yeah. like. Like, what does that mean, though, specifically? What does it mean? Like, what do you mean you're light-skinned for that? Or, and so, or but you're dark-skinned for okay, that? Okay, but I, I think I think I know what they're saying. So, because of white supremacy and what it's taught mm-hmm. us. So, what it is, like, everybody's looking for an identity. Like, mm-hmm. all humans are looking to identify. You know, typically your your culture informs you of your identity. Right now, when your culture is kind of taken away and you're given somebody else's culture or you're just like everything that 
you know, American descendants of slaves had in this country is what the white man gave them. Facts. Even their identity, even their culture, you know. So the food that we call, quote unquote, soul food Mm -hmm. or that we, if you don't eat chitlins, like, nigga, that's, it was a form of disrespect. Mm -hmm. They gave us what was left over from the pig, the Mm -hmm. intestines. Like, no, that's. Not with with all due respect to people that still eat chit. Like you can eat what you want. Like I'm gonna eat what I eat. As far as me and my house, we ain't eat no chitlins. It's cool. Right. No judgment. But however, that was given to us by our slave, by our oppressor. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when you when you don't have an identity, but then you you're taking on what's given, but what's given doesn't match. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Then we're always gonna be in a state of crisis. Mm-hmm. And we're always going to be in a state of questioning somebody else because we really don't know who we are because we're trying to put on shoes that don't fit. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a it's a fitted hat that don't fit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you understand yeah. what I'm saying? And so with with colorism, it's like there are certain attributes that the white supremacist has told us. Based upon the color of your skin. So, oh, the, yeah. so the darker you are, the more fierce, the more aggressive, mm-hmm. the more whatever you are. And the lighter you are, the more soft, the more passive, the more mm-hmm. clean, clean mm-hmm. cut, you mm-hmm. know, nice, like those attributes. And so that's all I was saying. Like when I when I see you or when I see Tank, I don't see you guys as light skin because what the culture has informed me um, or what racism has and colorism has informed me about that is. Light skinned, it means you're soft. Like you have light skin. You're, you're black. Like you're you're either mixed, right, or you you have very fair skin, right, and you're like soft, right. You know, or right. you're just like hella nice, or right. you're like with all due respect, I would say Randy is light skinned, not because he's soft, but like he's really nice, right. He's not aggressive, right, and he happens to have fair skin, right. So he would have like his personality. Right. Will be light skinned in the system of white supremacy and right. colorism. Right. You see what I'm saying? No, no, I agree with you. No, I understand. But I understand. Tank or you, like, I didn't right. see y'all. Y'all wasn't passive. Like, y'all wasn't, like, hyper aggressive. But, like, you you know what I mean? Like, right. you wasn't going, you wasn't no super night, whatever. And right. all the white people love you. And, right. You know what I mean? Right. And it's just, and, and like I said, it's no knock to rant. I hate, you know, using real people's names and that ain't, right. that ain't here to defend themselves. But right. it's not, it's not a diss, Randy. If you hear this, it's not a, I'm, what I'm, you know, I love you, bro. I love you. But it's like, you, you know what I'm saying. No, I agree with you. And yeah, yeah. Th- the thing to me when I was always like, well, what does that mean was if you couldn't explain where you were coming from, that let me further know your ignorance. Yeah. So it's like when people were like, oh, you just, oh, you like skin. Are you just saying, yeah. I'm like, well, what does that mean? Mm. What do you, like, what do you mean by that? Yeah. And then, them not being able to even explain that or mm-hmm. even some semblance of that mm-hmm. let me know okay so look, so this is even more of a just you thing like mm-hmm. this ain't even do you know what i mean yeah. and and so it was yeah it was it, it, it's it's funny because you get it from you get it from both sides and in the thing so the thing that's different now is being an adult and you know working with so so working in the social services field and um that's ran by white women you know that's that's who does it yeah yeah social workers yeah. so then I'm here mm-hmm. and so I know all the terminology but I have all the skills that you can't learn from a book 
Right. Because I've been working with youth since I was 15 years old. Yeah. I worked at Dishman. Mm-hmm. And then I got in trouble. Then I worked at Juvenile Justice. And then, mm-hmm. you know, Vancouver Parks, whole nine. So I did these different things. Yeah. So the funny thing is now I can still see the gears turning when we're in these meetings. Mm. And we're talking about, oh, how do we reach this kid? Or how do we do this? And everything still, you know, systemically, because, you know, we're talking about a black kid is saying that it's it's on the kid. Like, well, he's not. Or da-da. I'm like, well, what are y'all doing to outreach with him? What are y'all doing to talk to him? Who's got a relationship with him mm. besides me, hmm. the black guy? Mm-hmm. I always tell him, like, I was like, I mean, I'm the black guy here, so I know they got a relationship <laughs> with me. But who else? Like, I can't get. Like, my favorite phrase towards the end of the year was like, y'all realize I can't give out credits, right? Mm. Like, I can't give no credits out to these kids. So y'all need to start building relationships, like. Right. With these kids. You have to. But they feel like they could just rely on you. Without saying it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So it's it's funny because I had just got into like a three to four day long Twitter exchange with somebody. And I wasn't like she just kept pressing me about <laughs> about my statement. So it was a it was a tweet that um, Mark Lamont Hill put out. And it was a statement by Bernie Sanders. He had asked him about he was talking about, you know, mortality rates for black women um, mm-hmm. especially like after they give birth they have like the highest mortality rate and it's not even based upon um income or education or anything it's just like black women don't get treated the same they get not worse close. yeah and so um not even close. just talking about how black people don't feel comfortable going to the doctors in general not even close and you know how a lot of white doctors are basically racist mm-hmm. and bernie was like well yeah i think that's terrible i mean there's no reason why you know, black women should be at the bottom of that list. Um, and honestly, I just think that we need more black doctors. Facts. Um, and so he was like, you know, I, I I propose a plan that, you know, we just we we put more black doctors in, in the medical field. And, you know, I, I believe that we should give money to HBCUs and blah, 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 blah. And so on the surface, taking his words at face value, he's not stating he's not. He's not misrepresenting anything like, yeah, we should have more black doctors, mm-hmm. more money should go to HBCUs. Great. But what I pointed out is kind of like what you're saying. I said, Bernie is just showing his suspected white supremacist ways by not once did he address what the white doctors should do or what action should You know, how should they be held accountable? What should they do differently? Because you took an he, oath. He went he went straight to well shoot we just need more black doctors doesn't that sound great yeah I'm, and so politically he's tickling the ear mm-hmm. of the black voters so that they'll vote for him because he's selling them a dream of we're going to put more black mm-hmm. yes we all agree that there should be more black doctors of course that would be great if more hbcus have more money to put more doctors out there however you don't want to speak directly to the white doctors you don't want to condemn them you don't mm-hmm. want to say nothing you want to put the onus on us to overcome that like the problem isn't us. Granted, if we right. have more black doctors, there won't be as much whatever. But that's eight to twelve years down down the line. Mm-hmm. Just because you say you give money to a HBCU does not automatically mean that it's that's only going to be black. Yeah, doc. Like it would be an HBCU medical program. Right. Anybody can go to a HBCU. Gentrification not only happens in neighborhoods; it can happen at a school. Mm-hmm. You know, so all that stuff. Like, okay, that's cool. It sounds great. But you won't go directly to the problem. So the same thing with those white women in those meetings. And you're asking, 
well, what are you guys doing? Yeah, I'm here. And if we put two or three more black counselors in the school, yeah, they'll have more resources if that's what they're talking. I don't know if they're talking about that, but like, yeah, that it's, that would that would be great. It w- it, but what are they doing? Exactly. I mean, it, and it's like, I'm happy I'm there because me being there, um, you know, I kid you not, um, and this isn't a pat on the back for me, but having a black person there in a position to work with these students on the real life shit that they deal with all the time for sure and that understands it for sure knows how to talk to them on every level yeah that's powerful oh it's so you need that you definitely need that but again like you're saying you still on the back end okay yes you brought me in there so that's a nice step yeah that's a very good step that's cool whether you keep me or you should always have somebody that looks like me right in that position yeah that's step one right step two now that i'm here Mm -hmm. Let's listen to what I'm saying and let's change some things. Right. Because we got let's about 19 some, more steps. to that's go. Right. <laughs> let's move some other stuff because that's what's going to truly change it. Yeah. You know, but like I but I also told him, which, you know, I was like, the you know, the first thing you got to acknowledge is the school system is doing what it's supposed to do. You know, these different systems, they're doing what they're supposed to do. They're right. upholding the, the, yes, how they're supposed to. So yeah. acknowledge that first. That's the right. first elephant in the room. Yeah. Don't just talk about well, what can we do. First thing you can do is acknowledge that that's real. The first step to to changing any problem is acknowledging that the problem's there in the yeah. first place. Yeah. So it's not just that oh these kids or that kids are struggling. Why are they struggling? The mm-hmm. system's set up for them too. Mm-hmm. So let's acknowledge that first. Yeah. Now let's change it. Because mm-hmm. if you acknowledge that it's happening, then we can. Act, when I'm bringing up. You know things that are contrary to what you're already doing. Right. You're acknowledging that this was a problem. That's why I'm. That's why I'm saying let's do it this way now. Yeah. I'm not just saying let's do it this way because I just want to have something my way. That's not the point. This yeah. isn't the Paul show. For sure. I'm saying let's do it this way because the way you're already doing it sucks. Yeah. It's horrible. For sure. And and but that's the thing. Like you being there is making a huge difference. I know. Even at Benson, like just regular Benson, you know everybody had their. There was only like four or five counselors in the school. And I think now schools have less counselors. Like it seems like PPS is just going down the drain and like their resources are just getting stripped away. But um, everybody had their own counselors that they were uh, assigned to based upon. I think it was either by your last name. I think it was just by uh, alphabetically. Right. And so so, um, I don't know who my counselor was, (laughs) but my track coach, Coach McKenzie, he was a counselor at the school. Mm hmm. I went to McKenzie for all my college stuff, Facts. trying to get jobs. Like mm-hmm. McKenzie, because he was the only black dude there, he he willingly like it wasn't even it wasn't a question. He was like, "Man, come to me. Whatever you need, you know, on this side of things, if you're not getting help, you come to me." And so at the end of the day, he had his caseload, and basically he had every black kid in the school. If they wanted to use him as a resource. He was going to be used. And so it was great to have him there. He was the only one and it was much needed. However, everybody is not necessarily as you got to have like some type of ambition Mm -hmm. to even do that. So there's so there's that that fills a gap for the ambitious person that's actively trying to get a summer job, actively trying Mm -hmm. to, you know, get letters of recommendation for scholarships, whatever. But what about the, the kid that just needs a little more encouragement in class? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's those are the huge gaps that those other administrator, administrators and teachers aren't filling, you know. And on top of that, you burn people out. 
for sure. Because, like, if you if you got all the kids that have that are dealing with all these these traumas and disparities, mm-hmm. and that's all you deal with, mm-hmm. like you putting out fires, yeah, all day. Mm-hmm. Like that's a lot of weight. Like you like with no help because nobody else wants to deal with that kid because he might cuss you out. Yeah, you know, like. That's a lot of weight. For sure. And I know a lot of different people that are like, you know, in other supportive positions and they they got all the kids like that. And it's it weighs on you. It's hard because yeah. you going at this battle by yourself because mm-hmm. you're trying to help them navigate a system that's not trying to help them. Right. That's trying to like stop them or just keep them in the. Yeah, the place that society has. So it's 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 hard. Yeah, and 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 that's the that's the cold part. That's why it's like, yeah, hire in somebody that looks like them. That's a good step. Then hire some more, and on top of that, acknowledge that you have a problem, so we can make changes. Yeah, you got to do both simultaneously. Right, but they can't keep trying to um, contract it out to somebody else. Like no. everybody has to do the work. Just right, because you're not black doesn't mean that you can't help black people. Like, well, I'm just sending them over there. To Paul, because hey, Paul's, Paul's here, <laughs> right? It's like, right? No, right. You need to share the load. Yeah, you know. So, especially if you if your goal is to change the narrative. If it's not, then yeah, if it's not, then it's gonna be and that's business in, as usual. Right, and that's the other acknowledgement. Yeah, man. Um, let's talk about raising your kids, man. Yeah. So you said your your son is eight. Yes. How old is a uh, baby girl? She's three. She's They're three. exactly five years, five days apart. And that wasn't on purpose. She yeah. was she was born early. Um, okay. She spent 111 days in the NICU, Man. so she was supposed to be born in in April, but yeah. January 12th. So, uh, but yeah, it's you know, it's uh, how do I put it? it's it's interesting mm-hmm. because so with gentrification, I can't afford to live in Portland, so I live in Beaverton, mm-hmm. probably about a mile from Nike campus. Okay. School he goes to is super diverse mm-hmm. because either they work at Nike or they work at Intel. So it has a huge mm, Middle Eastern for sure. population at that school. And then, um, you know, I don't want to say Mexicans. That's not fair. So Latin, Latin Latino for population. Sure, for sure. And then, you know, black mixed and then some white. Yeah. So ironically, my son's first school is more diverse than my first two. I never thought I'd hear Before that. Before I went to Beaverton. <laughs> that right. You see what I'm saying? So ironically, his room, his class, walking into his school and seeing the kids way more diverse than what I had at Alameda. Um, oh, for sure. Or, Tr- or Trinity Luther. Because yeah. I went to Trinity Lutheran first, then I went to Alameda, then I went to Holy, Rede- Holy Redeemer. Yeah. So Holy Redeemer by far was like, bro, for way a private more. school, for a Catholic school, Holy Redeemer was super. But that's it was North Portland. Right. You know, and that's when it was still super black. So. Right. Yeah. So so that's a plus uh, that I would say. Yeah. But being the type of kid I was, um, I, I see the BS that they try to do. What you mean? A lot. They try to, well, like my, okay. So, I, and like we were talking about earlier, realizing your kids' attributes, they they come from you. Mm-hmm. So parents mm-hmm. be like, oh, my kids is bad. Well, you was probably bad. Right. And you need to accept that. That's fine. So my son, so the ironic thing, even though Savannah's three, she's way more openly aggressive and confrontational. My son is more so uh, cool. Mm-hmm. He's going to, you know, chill. Mm-hmm. But if you if you 
cross that, and then he's he'll meet you there. Right. So he's had several fights mm. at the school. Right. Several, several, several fights. Which is to me that brought us no, boys are which supposed is, to which get is, fights. Which is which I don't happen. trip off. Right. Which yeah. I don't trip off of. Yeah. The thing I don't like though, which is the other thing like I was telling you about, which is I don't like that I'm getting the I'm getting the stories from my son first. Oh, that's a problem. See, I don't see. I shouldn't. And I told him that I said, should never happen. I should never get the information from an eight year old. Right. You should be letting me know firsthand. That's a period. Fact, so. Sure. So um, it started his uh, first grade year mm-hmm. and they recesses, I guess, are just rowdy kids be out there doing too much. Yeah. And so, you know, and and he can defend himself. He's fine. But. You know, the, 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 he got into one of the fights, somebody, one of the teachers or somebody caught it. So I went there, talked to the principal, and she was like, well, you know, we can't have this, that, and the third. And I said, look, I'm going to be honest with you, man. This isn't the first fight he's gotten into. Well, what do you mean? I said, he's telling me of others. I said, so I'm just going to let you, put you on notice right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that my son is telling me these situations means you guys aren't doing your job. I shouldn't be getting this from him. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to tell him to do what he needs to do to be safe. Mm-hmm. And you're just going to have to deal with that. Yeah. So whatever he's got to do to be safe, right? that's now on you because you haven't been doing your job. Mm. Well, we don't want to condone fighting. I said, I understand that. Then I suggest since you have my cell phone number and email and my wife's cell phone number and email, I suggest you yeah, up to out. Annie on, on, on communication because yeah. I'm not going to penalize him for protecting himself. Right. So raising him... You know, that aspect has been cool. Um, and 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 me and him having these conversations every day about understanding um, what's going on at school, understanding that, like, we talk about, uh, I don't try to, because he's, he's like me in the sense that he's always thinking. So I try not mm-hmm. to bombard him, but I give him, I give him things as they, as they slowly come up. Like, hey, um, just because you see some other kids doing something, understand you'll get treated different. Mm. He's like, why? I was like, because you're different. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you mean I'm different? Well, you're black. Mm. Well, mom's white. Yes, you're mixed, but you're black. Mm. Okay. So why would they treat me different? And then that leads into other conversations of, I was like, well, uh, I was like, system. And then I have to, I have to be mindful of how, because because I know him. So He'll go like, back to school and repeat it. Well, not the repeating <laughs> part. I'm not worried no? about him repeating it. Okay. I'm I'm. I just know he's like me in the sense that he'll just overthink it mm. over and over and over again. Okay. And 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 I don't want to drive him crazy at right. eight. Right, for sure. So I give him bits and pieces. I'm like, look, you just got to understand, some people think different, mm-hmm. and it's not always fair. And because of the way they think, they will treat you different. Mm-hmm. So you can't be a follower. You can't just do stuff because other kids do stuff. If other kids is talking about in the classroom, they – May or may not get in trouble the same way, bro. That's so you have to understand you can't do those things. I hate that. I hated having that, but that's like at that age, first, second grade, you have to tell your black child you got to have that. I've had that exact same, literally, mm-hmm. word for word, bro. Mm-hmm. Like we could have mm-hmm. could have had the same brand at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, bro, word for word, I've had mm-hmm. that exact conversation with my mm-hmm. son. So the thing, so so one thing that I do that I thought was imperative is um. You know, I, his his identity and how he sees himself. So every day when I would take him to school, um, I would tell him it was like a little phrase right before he walks in the door because I wanted it to be the last thing he thought of as mm-hmm. he walked in. Mm-hmm. So my question I'd ask him was like, "Who are you?" 
And his response is, a young king. I said, learning to do what? To be a leader. I said, so mm. you can one day do what? Build a business. Mm. Okay, that's that's you. That's beautiful. You're a young king. Mm-hmm. Learning to be a leader. Now, you're not necessarily learning it from here. Mm -hmm. But like I even told him, like, with school, like, I'm a different parent. I'm like, look, I'm like, dude, listen, I just need you to learn the basics. Yeah. I just need you to learn how to read, write, get some math down. Mm -hmm. I don't don't need you to be, because this isn't going to prepare you for that. (sighs) Trust me. So that's not, I just need you to learn the basics. Mm -hmm. Okay? I don't need you to be dumb, but I'm not going to create that false narrative like, oh, if he's a, 4.0, 4.0, that's, no, because you don't use, we already know that. Once yeah. you leave, you don't use the majority of it anyway. Right. So you but I need time. you to be literate, mm-hmm. reading and writing, mm-hmm. and have a basic understanding of math. Right. So you can go out here and build and do you, right. be a leader, and do something positive. That's a fact. Because you're not going to get it with the BS in here. Mm. But, so he, he gets that part. So he sees that, and I think he's, the I think the biggest thing that I also learned from my parents that I think helps him and I, I and I and I try to talk to other black parents about, you know, like working in an alternative school is um show up for your kids. Mm. I make sure I go to the first you have conference. To. You have to I make sure I go to the first conference. We can't both go because Savannah is not gonna sit for that. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I make sure I go to the first conference so the teacher knows that I'm here. For sure. I'm around. Yeah. And that I talk to my son. I know what's going on, and if there's something I don't like, I will come see you. Right. I have no problem coming to see you. Mm-hmm. And I let them know, I will come see you if it's not going well. Yeah. You know, and they've tried all the little corny stuff, you know. Um, he's, you know, he, he gets too emotional or, you know, he gets mad. I hate that they did that to me. Or... Um, like, that's not a normal... Like, what, do you, he's what are y'all saying? Like, I said, he's eight. I don't yeah. know what you want. Or the... Uh, one thing the teacher tried to say, well, we think he, you know, might have a learning disability. Oh, man. And I said, because he doesn't, he doesn't, he can read, he doesn't read well. He doesn't like reading out loud. He doesn't like reading in public. Like most people. Like most people. I don't, don't. like reading out loud, to be honest. Right. But he's, <laughs> but, and, and so I'm asking him, so I'm, again, I'm asking him, I'm like, what's your basis for this? Well, he's not really doing well in his reading. I was like, okay. But I was like, if you notice, he does well in every other subject, right? She was like, yeah. I was like, so correct me if I'm wrong. If he was really struggling in school, wouldn't he be struggling everywhere? Mm. Like what? Like just reading? Like you like you think it's just that? I was like, because you're giving him story problems in math and he's reading that. Mm. And that's a story problem. Mm-hmm. Maybe he just doesn't like reading out loud in the group. Have you thought about maybe his confidence isn't up? So you're talking to a, t- a teacher. Right. I'm a, like a professional. Right. And I'm asking him, I'm like, have you thought of that? A she's so-called like, expert in the field right. of education. And she's like, well, I said, I said, I said, okay, let me ask you a question. She was like, well, my daughter, she said, my daughter, we just got her tested and she's got some levels of dyslexia. I said, I said, I said, okay. I said, Don't so project me... your daughter's. Right. So I asked her. So I said, I said, I said, okay. I said, so let me ask you a quick question. I said, your daughter, does she do well in other subjects? She was like, no. I said, so she's. She has I said no. I said so. No, no diss, but she's bad all around, right? And she was like, "Yeah." I said, "Okay." So you notice my son is good at every single subject, but he doesn't do well in reading. Mm. That's not the same problem, ma'am. Right? I said, "I talk to him, ask him." I've asked Josiah. He does not, and it's just something we're gonna have to battle through with his confidence. But he's not confident. He doesn't like reading out loud in front of people. It makes him nervous. To this day. 
I don't like doing math, any type of math, in front of people. Mm. I automatically clam up. It could be the most simple, uh, like, mathematic problem. Yeah. And I might get it wrong because I'm so nervous thinking about what someone's going to think. That's mm. my own insecurities. That's nothing to do with actually doing math. It has nothing to do with your comprehension. Right. Yeah. And that's why I told her, I said, you got to separate his ability to learn from that. But, like, I understand why she's doing it. I get it. You picking him, the black kid. The black kid. So you picking course. him to be the one. And so that's all I was saying with the documentary, Teach Us All, and what I was saying before. I don't know if this part was recorded or not, but we can go to that white school. We can go to that highly rated school. We can take our kids to the private school, but they're not going to teach us the same. Mm-mm. They will perceive our actions totally differently mm-hmm. from little white kids' actions. And that's just the way that the system is set up. And that's why I attribute Jamil at LaSalle because I was not I was I'm not stupid. I just never really Picked saw the point of well, I just never saw the point of good grade. I didn't because I knew grades didn't define me. Yeah. It didn't make me smart. Yeah. So I just never I didn't see how it connected. But Jamil always was like he's like, bro, take he's like, you gotta understand, they they're giving you certain parts that's gonna make everything else easier. Mm. When you leave, take that shit. He was like, bro, just take that. Mm-hmm. He said, man, you think I'm out? He's like, he t- like he literally pulled me in. <laughs> we was in the hallway. Mm-hmm. And at, initially I was trying to listen. He was like, Paul, he said, man, you think I, he said, you think I care about this, bro? This, I mean, he said, man, I'm going to take this and I'm going to make it to my benefit. Yeah. He said, you, you have gotta, to. He said, bro, you have to do the same. This isn't for us, but take what is there and and use it to your benefit. Yeah. And so after we had that conversation, I literally just started taking little parts that they was teaching us. And that's why, like I said, once so once I got to college, like mm-hmm. writing papers and all those other stuff, like, I, I mean, I've always been good with words or whatever, but mm-hmm. it was way easier. I understand, like, For so, sure. because I was from that one conversation. And that's what I try to do with my son. It's like, look, man, everything that they, there's a lot of BS in here. Yeah. That's not what we're going to worry about. We're going to worry about the stuff that you can take. Yeah that you can leave with that actually will, you know, allow you to be what you want to be. For sure. Like being able to read, write, do basic math. That's what's going to enable you to do whatever it is you decide to do. Yeah. And we'll build from there. And so he's getting that. Man, Jamil was ahead of his time, man. He was. That's what he was. He was. So it was, he was, you know, and, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I told him that years later. I was like, bro, I was like, that conversation, man, changed my view of LaSalle because mm. in, in this I was just like man this is BS mm-hmm. they treat us you know all this this is happening yeah. it's not like that didn't change mm-hmm. it still was there yeah. but changing my purpose my why yeah made a difference that's big bro and that's what I try to give Josiah you know is understanding his why what he's doing yeah we'll deal with the BS we'll fight that injustice together mm-hmm you know, like he had a situation again, end of the year, he had his sunglasses. Again, he's eight. He took his sunglasses to the music class. <laughs> Something happened with an instrument. And I told the lady, I said, why do you have eight year olds fixing musical instruments? Mm. I said, first off, why would you tell, why would you take my son's property? They took his sunglasses mm-hmm. as he wasn't supposed to have. Them. I said, so number one, you took his property. He didn't buy them. So it's not his. Mm. So you have to return that to me. ASAP. I right. want those. That's number one. <laughs> right. Number two, why you have him fixing property? And number three, again, why is he telling me about the situation before you? Well, the teacher has X, Y, Z amount of students. I said, ma'am, I work in the school system. 
you understand that if I don't report certain things as a social worker, that could be my ass. Mm. That could be my job. Mm. Like I'm a mandatory reporter. If certain things happen and I don't report it and then it gets found out that I didn't report it, I could be fired. It's a wrap. So I don't want to hear that you have 80 students. You took my son's property. Mm-hmm. Took my then, property. Basically. Which is mine. Yeah. And then you told him that if it's broken, can't fix it, that me, that his parents would have to pay for it. And so you volunteered my bank account for something that I'm not agreeing to pay for nothing that you shouldn't have let him, quote unquote, <laughs> fix in the first place. And why are you taking his stuff? And again, why is he telling me first? Mm. So now I'm real. And I told the teachers, I said, I'm going to be honest with you. The fact that my eight-year-old told me first, and I know he's a kid, so kids, I'm not disillusioned. They could yeah, lie. Yeah. But because he told me first, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Because y'all not doing your job. You're the grown-up. Yep. But they they think, oh, it's the black kid. He's not going to want to tell his parents. My son don't. My son knows. Yeah. We so have they, a relationship. <laughs> you don't realize I'm here. Right. And that's your that's see, that's your fault. You saw the black kid. You thought I'm going to do this. He's not going to tell his parents. Mm-hmm. I just got over on him. Whatever you was thinking didn't work. Well, he, it's it's been working for them, though. Yeah, well, not with him. Right. Not with Josiah Peters. But unfortunately, <laughs> historically, it has worked. Facts. No, right. And they, I can, they can put the yeah. blame on us mm-hmm. for to get them out of a jam. Same thing with when they see us. Mm-hmm. Same. I mean, same thing with a lot of things. Like something happens. Let's just put it on them. Yeah. I don't know who did it, but we can we can we can pick on them. And I'm going to win my case mm-hmm. and my whatever percentage is going to stay high. And yep. I'm and I'm going to be the hero. Mm-hmm. And shoot, they'll they'll be the, they'll be they'll take the fall. And it is what it is. And who cares? It. And that's exactly why every year the first conference. I make sure I go. Oh, yeah. Because. I told him this, I said, I want them to know. Off top. Mm-hmm. Yes, you have our kids back. There's no question. But I want them to know specifically because I know what you're picking up when you see him. You see the melanin in there. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's not the white kid. Right. So when you start to do that other stuff, I need you to know that his father's going to show up mm-hmm. and I'm going to be involved. Yeah. Right, wrong or indifferent. If he's wrong, me and him will deal with that, too. Mm-hmm. But just know I'm not going to. You're not going to get the other stuff to slide through. That's right. not going to happen. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Not over here. You might with some other kids, and I sadly, I, I would love to be able to help those kids. I don't have access to them, and they're not in my household. But mm-hmm. the one in mine, you're not going to right. work. It's not happening. No. Yeah, man. But they'll they'll try you. Oh, yeah. Every year. They, they've they've tried it every year. Mm-hmm. Every And, and it's and, not going to stop. And that's, this, that's what I'm saying with the justice system mm-hmm. in school. We know what's going on, bro. If you wasn't in your son's life, that Mom, that single mom, that black or whoever the mom was, black or white, that mom was going to have to pay for what her black or Hispanic, whatever child did. Mm-hmm. Their property would be gone because mom is at work. She can't show up anyway. Mm-hmm. She can't go up there and talk to no one. She's busy, mm-hmm. you know. And so it happens all the time. And if you wouldn't have showed them that logic, mm-hmm. they're they're trying to put the BS on you in your mm-hmm. face. They're telling yeah. you. Like yeah. how how backwards they are, yeah, and they they want you to fall for it, yeah. They want you to be in the same state of confusion one, that they in. One thousand percent. Like yeah. I told, it's like you know, I'm again, I'm not that guy. Sorry, it's not happening. It's not not over here. It's not happening. You know, good luck though. Yeah. Nice attempt. You yeah. failed. 
but uh, I'm not I'm not gonna do that. So it's 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 um, and I know as he gets older, it's uh, it's 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 uh, yeah, he's gonna have more experiences and and more things that pop up, and I think as a parent, just as as a whole, he, like actually let me back that up. As a black parent, for sure. No, because as a parent, it's, it, raising kids is is scary because you want to protect them. But I think as a black parent, like you said, just the conversations, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we've already had the police conversation once, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I know I'm gonna have to keep having it. Oh, for sure. And it just it sucks that I know I'm gonna have to keep having it once they get double digits. And um, you know, and and, and it goes so fast. He's eight. And that went quickly, so I know he's, you know, so Quick, 16 is going to be a snap. Yep. And he's going to want to drive. We got to have the in, in So I got to keep having this conversation. And it's just, it's like, damn. But what's the, what's the, I think the crazy part now is, um, you know, it's so publicized mm-hmm. with everything that keeps happening. It's like, I don't, I don't have the conversation. Damn, that could, that could be, I mean, well, even having the no, conversation, but you regardless, have, it could still happen. It's going to come less. up. It's going to come up because it's not like kids or people in general are right. having information hid from them. Like no. YouTube is YouTube. Yep. Twitter is Twitter and social media is social media, bro. Yep. So stuff is information is traveling quick and our kids are going to see it whether we want them to or not. Because mm-hmm. they're going to have a phone or they're going to be at school and everybody's going to be watching something that go viral and they're going to know. They're probably going to know before we know. Yeah. You know, big facts. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to let me see. Oh, yeah. Let me uh, let me let me get to a few things and we'll get up out of here because I'm sure you got to go somewhere. And yeah, you straight. You good? Yeah. Okay. All right. So um, when you were saying, um, you know, informing him of his your son of his identity, mm-hmm. do, do you feel like it's something that you take? the onus to instill in him or something that he's already recognized in himself and no I take that okay I because I don't want no confusion okay and it's and I know it's tough yeah for Stephanie at times mm. but like I explained to her it's like I'm not cutting you out of the picture mm. obviously we make kids together I'm not cutting you out of the picture right but I'm not gonna wake up tomorrow and things is magically going to be different. Mm. Right. So I have to prepare him for the world that I know is going to show up tomorrow. Mm. Now, if things magically shifted, then that's different. It would just be, be knowledge that he don't have to use. It, yeah, it wouldn't even matter. But because I know he has to have this information, mm-hmm. so I tell him all the time, like, yes, you're black. And do you think it causes confusion within him? Um, probably a little bit. Yeah. But I continue to explain it to him like, yes, your mother is white. Mm-hmm. But look at your skin. You don't look like mom. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look like mom, but you mm-hmm. don't look like mom. Mm-hmm. Look at your hair. Yeah. It's different. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was like, so you're a mixture of me and mom. But you're black and you're going to get darker as you get older. Mm-hmm. So these things are going to continue to change and happen. And then that's the identity piece. But then the outside world 
is also going to view you as this. Mm. Now, there are going to be some people that'll play with the mixed thing, biracial thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to overall treatment, right, you will get treated no different than the other kids that might be darker than you. Or anybody that just you're has just melanin. A, in right. Their skin. I'm like, you're just a light. I was like, you're a lighter version of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And the same thing with your sister. And it's, and it's you know, and it's funny because, so the flip side of that coin, too, is um, because we were just talking, you were talking about the mortality rates. So our daughter being in the NICU. Mm-hmm. So there's a hierarchy to who lives, like, in the NICU. Right. Right. So it's girls. Mm-hmm. So, well, first off, it's girls of color first. At where? In the NICU that survive. Their survival rate. Oh, really? Yeah, that come out. So that go in and come out, the survival rate. Mm. Girls of color first. Wow. Then, you know, regular girls. Boys of color. Mm-hmm. And then white boys. White boys. Okay. white boys die the most in the NICU. So it was ironic. You know, we having this kid, like I told Stephanie, I said, so she's double Cause she's a girl and she's a girl of color, so mm-hmm. she's gonna make it. Mm. But so it's that's wild. It's right. So it's interesting on that on two sides of the spectrum. I don't know how you know. Obviously, I have to educate her and you know help her with that later in life. Mm-hmm. You know, but coming in, she had the highest rate of survival mm-hmm. in a world that is constantly trying to destroy her and trying to tell her that she's less. Right, and will treat her like. Right, she's less, and the and again, no, you know, but in um, her natural, just just out fresh out the womb state, you can't deny the strongest. Yeah, and the crazy thing about it is, two kids died while she was in the NICU. That's wild. Both white boys, mm. little white males. Yeah, crazy. I mean, and now heart goes out to those families, but for sure, crazy. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, my my daughter was in there, so she had she was born. You know, on time. Um, however, she uh, she had a staph infection, like after she was like three weeks. Oh, and so she ended up having like a MRSA, like MRSA staph infection, like on her chest, Ooh. near her heart area, but not, but it was just on the skin. But um, and she was in the NICU for, or no, was she in the NICU? Maybe she wasn't in it. I don't know. She was at Emmanuel mm-hmm. um, at the Randall Children's Hospital. Maybe it wasn't Nikki. I don't know. I don't They're really good at Randall's. Yeah, but they, they they was good. But she was in there. Um, She had this small, she had like a, a, a red spot. Mm-hmm. And then it, it was a small, dark line that formed where the redness was at, mm-hmm. within the redness. And then it just just opened up. And so her skin just opened up and just had this big old, basically, mm-hmm. gash in her chest. Mm. So she had the staph infection. And she was so small, like, like I would go back there with the doctors. They would take her, and they was trying to put an IV in her. Mm-hmm. But, like, couldn't, they couldn't get her vein. They couldn't even see it. Mm. So I'm, I'm in there with her, and it was touch and go. Like, you know, I was in there. They, I mean, they poked her, like, 15 times. Couldn't, couldn't get it. You know, just a regular IV. And uh, and I'm just like, man, so what does this mean? You know, like, is it, what does it mean? Like, is she going to die because you guys can't put the IV and clear out the, you know, the, the infection? And like, no, we're, you know, we'll, 
I mean, she's 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 strong. So I was like, how do you know she's strong? Cause I was like, what you mean she's strong? I like don't tell, don't try to just pacify me. I thought they was just trying to pacify me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what do you mean she's strong? Like you don't know her. She three she three weeks old. What right. are you talking about? And but they then, was talking about because the survival rate because it's I black girl. So. And so what they <laughs> yeah man. And so <laughs> they they eventually did like a, a IV stint or something like that. like they went. They 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 started at a weird point, like at her foot. Yep, and it that's went how they did all the way up, all the way up. Yep. Yeah, and then they drained it out. Um, so it was it was healing, but it's still those areas like more close to her sternum that it wasn't. Mm-hmm. So eventually, she had to have like a small surgery, and it was like, oh, it's only going to be like thirty forty five minutes, and it ended up being two hours, and we just in there just like, bro, what is going on? But she's still here. She's alive. She's strong. She's extremely healthy, and uh, we thank God for that, man. But uh, but just going through that, and it was like, oh no, she's. They know, tra- they they told us because the placenta wasn't working, so she was growth restricted. Mm. So initially, they told us it was like you should terminate. Wow. And I was like, uh, and they bring in all these stats, and I was not gonna make it. Yeah. And so we ended up staying the night. So I told Stephanie like it's like midnight. I couldn't sleep. I was like, look, man. Um, it's not my body, so I'm not going to tell you, you know, but if you, if you down, I think we should just try to push through. Mm. If, if, if she don't make it, then that's God's will. Mm-hmm. But I think we should push through. She was like, yeah, I'm, I was, there's no other way. Yeah. And so the crazy thing is I remember we tell him the next day and the dude's looking at me like, like your wife could die. I was like, if, if, if she don't make it or the baby, that's God's will. We just going to push through. Mm. And obviously you know she stayed in the hospital for four more weeks and uh gave birth by c-section and then um literally um yeah like i said she was in the NICU for 100 days 111 days and the sats and all that stuff going up and down i mean every day was like is it gonna be cool today i don't know Mm -hmm. the things beeping but like I said, if you used to see Savannah now, you'd be like, wow, I have no idea. I mean, she's small, mm. smaller because of, um, and I don't even think she's smaller because she's growth restricted. I just, I'm not super tall. Stephanie's not super tall. <laughs> I don't think she's going to be tall. I yeah. think Josiah is going to be tall. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be a throwback, you know, to my dad and her dad. Mm-hmm. But um, I just, I don't think she's going to be super tall, but yeah. that's beside the point. But yeah, no, I understand. It was, um, yeah, when they told us that, that immediately juiced me up. I was like. When they give us those statistics, mm. they didn't give me no stats. Like, oh no, she's she's strong. I'm like, man, don't yeah. don't. This is not the time. Like, don't. This is bad. That's don't, what they was talking about. Don't, don't nine, play with me. Nine times out of ten, that's probably what they was talking about. Wow, that's wild, bro. Yeah. Um, going back to you, bro. Mm-hmm. When did you? When did you find that strength to just settle into your identity, um, and let all the colorism and all the questions and all that ambiguity that people have about you that they're projecting onto you um how did you settle into your identity and and when did that happen for you um i'd probably say definitely uh, early 20s and it was just more so a situation where um you start to i started to just um look at it like okay so people that are for me are for me yeah and if you're not, then I just have to, you know what I mean? Then I can't really, because people that are for me don't bring that energy. Mm. So you start to really, um, you know, social media, you know, with the likes or the 
you know, you get the huge following or Twitter mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, it gives people this false sense of, like, everybody's down for me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to take a step. I had to, like, start taking a step back because it was like, if somebody's really down with me, like, they don't bring that type of vibe to me. They don't bring yeah. that negative energy. Yeah. So I started really just looking at, like, who's around me? Like, mm-hmm. people I know, they don't say this stuff to me. Mm-hmm. Even people I know that, like, even if we don't talk, 24 7 they don't act like this towards me so so why am i giving value to somebody that i like just met or Mm. barely know like why am i why am i letting that be a value if i wouldn't if i'm not gonna listen to you for anything else Mm. i'm gonna let you listen to i'm I'm gonna listen to you about my race uh, or who i am like so yeah. why would I do that? Like right. it started, like I started asking myself that question. Like, why are you listening to somebody? If you wouldn't let this person <laughs> assist you on a homework assignment, mm. you gonna let that same person Affect talk to you. you about how you should view yourself? Yeah. So it, so in a homework assignment, it's minimal. That's not even you know what I mean. That's right, right. a paper. That's yeah. simple. That's light. Mm-hmm. So I'm not gonna trust you for that, but I'm gonna trust you on something heavy. I started being like, okay, so you're dumb if you do that, Paul. Like that's mm. that's silly on your part because you got to protect your energy, right? Yeah. So I started really just looking at like, okay, if they're for me and they're saying something, then it's probably going to be positive or or something that I need to take in that I need. Mm. So really look at who is for you, and when I started doing that, it made it so okay. So, okay. So when a person saying that again has nothing to do with me, mm. that's, that's a them issue. Yeah. So I'm not going to carry that weight. I already got enough in my shoes right. that I got to carry. So if, if you're not somebody that's for me, I don't got time for it. As long as you're not trying to be overly disrespectful. Right. Right. And so, and, and you know, one thing, I, you know, and then I also try to look at context. Some people are just trying to be funny. Maybe that's just their them trying to be funny and their humor, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. So it, it really just, like you said, protecting your own energy and understanding, you know, I'm really in control of how stuff affects me, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I'm not in control of, but, like, person to person, there's a lot of, like, I'm really in control of that. Yeah, I don't have to let somebody, you know, set me off. Right. So I really started trying to focus on that as I, you know, early adulthood, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it's still, it's still a process. Like I, I try to be somebody that's always growing cause I don't know everything. Yeah. So I try to always just be curious about learning, yeah. you know, curious about learning different things and continue to evolve. But yeah, that's pretty, that's early twenties, mm-hmm. mid twenties. That's where it started. And then what did that do for you? Like, did your life change? Did something about you change? Um, made me a lot less sensitive. Okay. Like it really, it made me a lot less sensitive to. And 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 I don't want to use sensitive as a negative. I no, felt I, like I feel like I feel like I felt like so I use irrational. I feel like sometimes I would let people like control my energy, and it would it, and it would be irrational on my part. To even respond to yeah, it. Yeah, because it's like you already know you. So, yeah. like, you know what I mean? 
Like, why are you letting this person troll you, basically? You exactly. know what I mean? That's exactly. corny. Like, yeah. there's no point. Because it's like, if I, now I react, I did what they wanted, man. They didn't. Exactly. So that's stupid. Right. So. So don't, there's right. no need to feed into that. Right. Yeah. So I started to really just, so it really, it really started to make things easier because it started to be like, if I didn't feed into it, then they didn't have much else to say. Mm. <laughs> it stopped. That's a it's fact. Like, it's like, oh, that, I was like, oh, that's how you feel? Cool. That's cool. Yeah. And then they just kind of look at you like, damn, he, okay, that that didn't work. Yeah. All right. I guess I'm going to move on. Right. But you, know, you get mad and all that rah-rah. And like you said, we try to be tough all the time. That gets tiring, too. Like, that yeah. gets that gets tiring. And then yeah. also, that got tiring to, like, have to get mad at everything. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Like, that, that drains energy it's very be, draining there's no doubt about right, it so. yeah, being mad at <laughs> so everything and, and having yeah. a, having an opinion yeah on everything mm-hmm. it's just like i don't got to so that's that's one of the reasons why um i don't like every time like when i talk to people about my podcast i like, mm-hmm. talk about race and so, society and culture it's like oh man i bet you you know trump is giving you a lot of material i'm just like i don't talk about trump <laughs> and like what i mean he's 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 crazy. He's racist, man. Like that that guy. He just really. He just really. I'm just like, come on, man. I don't have, like, first of all, if I know what that what he's saying is just asinine, mm-hmm. why would I even give it energy? There's nothing constructive, or basically truthful coming out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. Everything that he says, the truth is on a, on the opposite side of the tracks mm-hmm. from wherever he's at. Mm-hmm. So why would I even entertain? Why would I get worked up about this man who constantly lies and is a not even suspected? He is a white supremacist. Like, why would I give him time and energy? Why would I talk about that? Just just to get mad, just to get worked up. And now that energy that he put out into the atmosphere, I have consumed it. And now it lives in me. Well, the other thing I tell people, too, is like, stop acting like Trump is the first person. He might be the first person that's that's because he's not a politician so he he doesn't try to code it right he doesn't try to hide it but not he's not the first person not at all he does like he everything he's like just he's saying what other presidents have done they just he <laughs> what just, they have done <laughs> but he's just he's he's just he understands that he understands that I'm, he's not doing anything new. He's just saying it out loud. That's the That's the it. only difference between Trump and and any other, you know, racist is he's just saying it out loud. That's it. That's really the only difference. That's he's just it. you hear him say it. Right. You just don't hear the other people say it because they're. Smart and enough to know that it's easier to fool you if I don't say it. for sure. They try to he's code just, it right. He's just dumb enough that I must say it out loud. But or it's he's, still or he's but it's still smart enough to just like you know what? It's a mixture of both. These he's, these yeah. fools won't even you know stand by the courage of their convictions. So I'm gonna just go ahead and say it, and I'm gonna out genuine these fools. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, so anybody that is a white supremacist. Or anybody that is just a full-on POS, mm-hmm. um, they're going to gravitate towards him mm-hmm. because, yo, that's me. Like, I don't even have to guess. Like, the the ultra-sophisticated um, or just, like, more political-type person 
um, like they'll gravitate towards someone who speaks like them. But that's why middle America rallies around Trump because he's not fancy. He doesn't say things where like what talking a whole bunch of policy. He's just talking that real. Yo, I'm on my white supremacist swag heavy. Mm-hmm. Come rock with me real quick. Because mm-hmm. I'm I'm speaking for y'all. I'm and just, they're I'm, like, yes. I'm just waiting, though. I'm just I'm just yes. I'm just waiting, though, because. Um, and I don't think it's really happening yet or if it has, it hasn't really been publicized. But I'm just I'm just waiting. Somebody because, you know, you see the videos and, you know, now we have the trend of the i'm gonna call the police because you're in an area for sure i'm just i'm just waiting it because I, I don't know like again i don't see everything so i'm not gonna say it hasn't happened yet but somebody is going to end up getting hands put on them trying to do that racist stuff i'm telling you it like i know that's on the way like some sure. something is going to happen because mm-hmm. they keep catching the right people that are comfortable doing the videotaping mm-hmm. and they just it we just haven't seen it yet, or it's not publicized yet. Bro, but, it's not publicized. But they're going like to catch not... somebody that's like, you know, is and it's going to go the opposite direction. Bro, so I had a very heated debate. Shout out to Oba, my guy. We always debating. <laughs> sat, in, sat in this room. We talked mm-hmm. about that very thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe my opinion of it is too harsh because there's a few people that respond to me like, bro, like, you know, I think you went too hard on that. I'm like, all right. But that's how I feel. Right. But it was a situation where the brother was at the double tree here in Portland. I remember that. And they didn't let him go back to his room because mm-hmm. they they were they asked him for his key and he didn't show him his key. Mm-hmm. So to me, I'm thinking, I'm just thinking me. Mm-hmm. Like, nigga, if I'm on my vacation and I paid all this money to come here and I paid all this money to stay here, mm-hmm. there is no way on God's green earth. That I'm going to let somebody not allow me to go to my room if I already paid. Right. Don't 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 play with me. Right. Don't play with me. I'm not giving you the time or the day. Right. I'm in the lobby. I'm talking on the phone. You tell me I'll show some ID. Nigga, I'm going to my room. Right. And I'm going to lock my door. And I'm right. putting the top lock on. And right. I'm going to talk in peace. It's yeah. not the fact that, yeah, he should be able to talk. And Yeah, I get it. But nigga, you're not going to disturb my trip. So right, you know what I mean. So right. luckily, they they found the dude that would just sit there and take it and and show the video camera. You know, put the put the phone on, and then it'll go viral. And I I could get it. Like, all right, you want to show you want you want justice to be served because mm-hmm. if they do this to somebody else, it can happen. To what I get it. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I was saying like, bro, as a man. Like, nigga, get up and go to your room. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, and see, I agree with you on that. See, that's now. See, that's you know the I mean? battle. Don't let see, no that's seventy-five-year-old yeah. security guard detained. Like, Cause I've, what? Because I've seen, I've had that same Come situation. On, like, because now, like in Walmart, like they'll try to stop you or different. You know, try to stop or Fred Meyer even. Mm. They'll try to stop you. Like, oh, let me see your receipt. I walk right past you. Like, I don't have to. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna because I'm not going to. Yeah. I'm not good. Like I don't have to acknowledge yeah. you if I don't want to. Yeah. And so I agree with you on that because yeah. I've had people like, "Hey, you gonna stop? Oh, you just gonna keep?" And I just keep walking. Like I don't. And I just look at them like I don't have to. And I, I'm not gonna keep talking to you about it. Yeah. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. So the next step is now on you. 
Mm. What are you going to do about it? Because I am walking out. You're going to put your hands on it? Right. Because if you do that, then you're going to get the brakes beat off you. <laughs> That's going to be a whole different situation. So is that really what you want to do? And no. I, I'm not going to so, sit there and record it. Hey, man, this dude, no. he over there unfairly. Like, yeah, no, exactly. Do I don't have time I'm for leaving. that. So that's what I'm saying. I'm leaving. So, yeah, I've had. But, Paul, you know what? You. You're, you're letting down all the other people that are getting stopped by the man at Walmart. And you're setting a precedent for them to continue to ask for receipts. For people of color, unjustly. My point is, is look, that's, but hey, see, man. but see, for hey. me, <laughs> see, for me, it's like, look, if I feel like, if I feel like I, because I agree with you, it's like, if I have to put my energy to it, then it's, it's like, do I have to? Yeah. I don't want to move, like, I don't want to have to move that direction unless I have to. Yeah. And I agree with you. I think, even with that situation with him, he could have left. He could have just went to his room. You know, you have your key. Yeah. Go to your room. Because he literally got kicked out. Granted, he got he came back in but the police like i don't want the police to show up i don't care if i'm just in all of my actions yeah because i don't because i don't know how it's gonna turn out exactly <laughs> so I don't, like so you're I'm gonna leaving. you just gonna walk into the police's hands Mm-mm. no and hope to survive like i'm thinking life and death at that yes. moment i'm like bro i'm going to my room yeah i don't got time for this uh if no, the police come to my room that's a whole different thing but like i'm not going to walk out to a policeman no. and explain and have the black man's word against the white man and word. especially since, in portland oregon and, and, nah, and, and especially since to also be clear i know i don't know all the stats see if you're gonna be like mr i'm gonna tell the police they're wrong if you're gonna be that guy <laughs> you you have to know no for real what you're up against you bro. have to know the rules and the statutes and be able to quote some stuff because they got the little, you know, mic. So if you start doing all that, yeah. I'm not saying, I'm not saying you're gonna live. I'm just saying, it 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 changes their view of what they're gonna do because yep. we start tomorrow. Hey, because I've you know, because you can pull it up on YouTube. Yeah, and I've for sure. watched several black people. They know all the code. Hey, according to this penal code, you can't do this. I need your supervisor. It changes the whole view yeah. of the cop. And oh, because yeah. I know I don't know that, yeah, I'm not trying to have no unnecessary conversations. Right. With the police, cause I don't know all them codes. Right, and I and I, and I admit I don't, <laughs> I don't know the codes. I bro. don't know it, so I don't <laughs> want to have the conversation. Yeah. So I agree with you. I I don't think that's harsh. I think that's just being a grown up. I feel you. I, really, I you, he was disrespected. He, he was, was disrespected, but he was didn't wrong. have. But he, but you had the key though. So just go to your room. I think I think he did. He didn't show it, but I think he did. At the end of the what? day, I th- I think he got a settlement. I think he got taken care of. Well, it's just like those people that be arguing. Like, if I, if I walk into a building, I've had people try to be like, hey, you didn't buzz in. I'm not standing to talk to you. Yeah. I know why I'm here. Yeah. And I know you. There's no. you're not a security. Yeah. So I'm not going to sit here and talk to you about it. Mm-hmm. I'm going in. Bye. Yeah. I've had people do it all the time. My grandma stayed at a, at a place where we had a buzz in, and we had a key fob. Yeah. Because, you know, we took care of her. For sure. So I would just walk in, boom, hit the thing, open the door. Yeah. Oh, you didn't buzz in. I just go right to the elevator. Yeah. You I don't, don't, buzz got, I don't in. got time for you. Oh, you're not going to. I don't hear you. I don't have to talk to you. Right. Go tell the manager. Right. That's their job. Go tell the manager. <laughs> you don't work here. I don't see a name tag. Right. Get out of my face. Yeah, man. That's. Yeah. Sometimes at, at the end of the day, for me, it's, and it's not saying that somebody is wrong, but like, I'm just, I wouldn't want to expend energy on that. You know, just just me. Now, what you're doing at Walmart, I commend you because I still show them. The, well, I don't show them the receipt because, like, I don't I don't want to deal with the back and forth. But what I do is I just tell them, oh, it's, it's at the bottom of the bag. <laughs> oh, I don't say any. I, I literally <laughs> I walk up to because I, I just like to see what they're going to do. So I'm like, oh, oh he's like, can I, can I see? Oh, it's at the bottom of the bag. You want to get it out? And then he's no. like, oh, well, 
No, I just just go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I'll stop it. Listen, I remember one time and don't want to go to the bottom of my Costco, bag. Costco, you have to show it because you got the you know. Oh, for sure. And I Costco, remember, on, I remember yeah. one time, um, I just held it. And he kept trying to, like I I could tell he wanted, but he didn't want to have the power struggle, so I just held it. And he was like, okay, I'm just, I'm just. And he just like it's like, look, man. I'm not gonna you, let listen, go. Listen, you bro. being overzealous, <laughs> I have stuff that I need to do. Yeah, I ain't clearly, got time. clearly, I can't just leave with this. Mm-hmm. You know as well as I do. I don't care. Like, like, come on, ain't nobody just walking past the register with, it's with too items. Thick. That's what I'm saying. It's too you thick. see me with this cart. Yeah. <laughs> come on, fam. There's now, no if room. You, now, if you see me with like four apples, okay, maybe I maybe, but. You can't you get first of all. You can't get four hours at Costco. You're gonna get forty. But that's what I'm saying, though. But that's. What, <laughs> but I'm saying, look. If you see me steal some, at least think about think about the. I have a basket. Right. You know, I didn't. You know, I didn't just walk by a register. Yeah. With this full basket and kids. Stop it. I'm not. Come on. Stop. Right. Stop. Yeah. Common sense, bro. So, we got time for that. Word. Well, let's let's go ahead and wrap this up, man. Um, five, five, five questions that I ask everybody. Okay. Um. I'm gonna just go ahead and assume that your favorite genre of music is hip hop. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, what artist or album made you fall in love with hip hop? Oh God. Uh. You know what? Um. Ah man, I don't even know if I could pinpoint just one. Because mm. my my parents are only 20 and 21 years older than us, so they were still listening to music. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, I grew up listening to a lot of, I grew up listening to a lot of rap my dad liked. You know, so I was, you know, Cube and, you know, a lot of N.W.A. stuff mm-hmm. and E-40's my dad's favorite rapper. So I grew up listening to a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Of course, Tupac and stuff like that. But I would probably say, I'd probably say, the, I pro, okay, I'd probably say uh, Hard Knock Life. Mm-hmm. Because that was volume, volume two. That was volume two. Yeah, I think yeah. I, I think that was that was like the first album um, um, that I that I picked out that because 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 initially when when Tupac died, you know, obviously Mace and you had a couple other albums. So I listened to all those. I'm mm-hmm. not saying I didn't, mm-hmm. but I think I think Hard Knock Life um, was like the first album where it was like um, I I felt like it was. Uh, like I was picking an album that was, you know, with the Annie sound and everything. It was mm-hmm. just different, you yeah, know what I mean. And then yeah. I got into the album; and it was even more different because mm-hmm. the Annie, the, that whole, that single, wasn't like the rest of the album. You know what I mean? Right. So it was. I think that was probably like the first album I was like, oh, okay, okay. That that used to be my favorite J album. Yeah. When I was coming up, and then. I didn't listen to Reasonable Doubt until I got to college, and I'm like, oh no, nah. yeah, <laughs> Reasonable yeah. Doubt is it? Yeah. yeah, I had to, yeah, I had to go backwards. Yeah, I got yeah. that one, and then and a couple others, and then I went back and got Reasonable Doubt, and then In My Lifetime and all that. And but yeah, yeah it was, I probably say Hard Knock Life was the first album that really, kind of, kind of set a different, different vibe mm. for me. Yeah. Quick tangent: What's Jay's worst album? In your opinion, I probably say unplugged. You count that? Yeah, yeah. it's in his discography. Mm, I don't even count that because that was a mashup. That was him and Lincoln Park, wasn't it? Yeah, and that's why I didn't. I don't know. <laughs> and then, and I, right. then I wasn't his. his, his and then I was solo, solo. Because Lincoln Park, I don't want it. It's, I don't see, it's hard. It's hard with the solo projects because 
to me, they all say different things. But if I if I was to say, I'll probably go with, even though I actually like that album, I'll probably go with popular opinion and say Kingdom Come. Really? Yeah. Kingdom Come? Hmm. Interesting. And and the reason why I say Kingdom Come is because that was kind of like his uh. That was like, you know, like his Jordan coming back mid-season. I'm not fully in shape. <laughs> but he like it had like it had cuts on it. Like it it has had songs co- it on has it. It had some joints on it though. It did, but it also like you could tell he was like he was Jay, but he wasn't fully Jay yet. You know what? I feel like with Kingdom Come, it was bad at the time. In right. comparison. Right. That's what I mean. Like because when to it, what he had already put out. Right. I feel like it's it's one of his bottom three albums. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like it's his worst. I would say the bottom three, Kingdom Come, I would say, will be at the top. Um, the bottom two will be Magna Carta. For me, it will be Magna Carta wow. and and, uh, and Volume 3. I'll put Volume 3 down there. Volume 3 Mag- but see, Magna was Carta- a big disappointment for me. Yeah, because the that was album. that was the time. No, it wasn't. It was. Volume three wasn't wasn't a double album. It was it was only one volume. That was Blueprint two. Oh yeah yeah you're right. My yeah, bad. Yeah. No volume Vol- three. Yeah, volume yeah. three. I'm tripping. It was a time. I think it was like. No, the, I liked volume three. You liked it? I, I didn't. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. It was a. Uh, it was with, it was too with, much Timbaland. That's with what's it called on it? Um, Volume three's got uh, the one with Beans Single, twelve a.m. on the way yeah. to the club, that and one, Beans yeah. was popping at that time. Yeah, and so I remember when Volume three came out, and then Beanie Siegel, the Truth came out. Yeah, and I'm like, bro, why would I even, why would I even touch but, Volume three when Beanie Siegel is out here? But Volume three, <laughs> the opening song though, yeah, it started strong. That that I told myself when that album first came out, I said when I get my first car, wow, that's the first song yeah. I won't play because no, it, it's it like a hard. theme song. Yeah. Uh no, I would say yeah, I would I would I would say I would say Kingdom Come for when it came out wasn't popping. Nah. Uh Magna Carta. See, Magna Carta for me was more so like an event. I don't mm, I don't even know. It how was to an live. event. Because it, it's like you download the app, you download the album, and it was like a whole thing. So it wasn't like a And that's it. Right. <laughs> you listen to music. And so like, I wasn't ah. really so I liked the album, but it was a different feel, I guess. Yeah. But it had some bangers on there. But mm. but it wasn't really uh I don't know. It was, I can see why you would pick that though. Yeah, I can, I can see why. I'm just looking at the track list right now, bro. I just how'd you feel about? But four, vo- four, volume four, three had a big pimping on it, so like that saved yeah. it. Yeah, that and the and the Beanie Siegel song, four 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 was amazing. Um, I loved it. I loved it, man. I like I like the first version that was only ten songs. I don't like the three that he added. It was just kind of like what was the other three. Oh, it was it was some songs. My favorite that song. were that were put out on a four 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 like special edition, and then I believe he needed to add those three songs to make it be a full album because because of the time it was like under forty minutes uh-huh. it would be considered an EP instead of an LP. So he uh-huh. added the three songs to make it a full length album. My favorite song off that album is "Marcy Me." That's my that's that's probably the song. That song is timeless. Yeah, that's like probably that song the song is gonna be amazing fifty years from now. Right, that's probably the song I listen to. The most, yeah, easily like Marcy Me and um, Legacy. Like I, I, I yeah, just like, love the way that the cool. I just love the way that the album ended with those two songs and just yeah. the vibe that they had. Yeah. You know, 
Yeah, Marcy Me, I yeah, I go I go hard on. No, nah, I love Marcy Me though. But the the three songs that he added was Adness, which was like it was a video that he came out with before the Oh about his dad. Yeah. And then um the blue freestyle, we family, uh, with his daughter on there and then Ma- Magnificent God or whatever. It was I, I didn't heard. I don't think I really paid attention to those. Yeah, because they got added on after the fact. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. but the the original album. Oh, and I don't like the him the album really with him and Beyonce. I'm not a huge fan of that one. You don't like that? Not really, no. Bro, I love that album, bro. No. What was it called? The Carter. It was just called I don't the know. Or I just wasn't. I wasn't really. I wasn't. Well, into that album was so dope to me, bro. I just yeah. I don't wow. really. I'm not. Wow. They which, had some bangers though. Which I feel bad because you know, the Beehive will be mad at me. I just wasn't really. What was it I called? wasn't into it. It was cool. It wasn't horrible. It wasn't horrible. It's just if I'm if I'm everything is love. If I'm laying man, out, the album was amazing, bro. It was good, but it's like if I'm laying out his albums. Mm-hmm. If you was like Paul, like we gotta go on a long road trip. Yeah, and you have to bring Jay Z's albums. I'm not. I don't have to bring that one. Like you don't have to go. Hold on, bro. You don't have to go. You did, but yeah. you're married though. Like you should appreciate mm, that. Right, album. but I I don't. It don't have to be there. Wow. No. Cause I, because because the truth so the truth the, the thing is that you got what about remember, Black Effect though you didn't like that song it's cool but I'm it's good like, on any MLK Boulevard but bro. but you gotta no. understand Hove 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 for for shapes he shaped my hip hop experience going from eighth grade through high school right right so it's like I love Beyonce but if you're saying I want you to listen to a hip hop album. Or albums, do you see what I'm saying? But Beyonce was on there rapping, yeah, but better than pr- almost everybody in the game. But it's not a but, it, bro. Did you hear her on the, uh, Heard About Us though? Did you really listen to the song? I, listen, I liked all of them. Listen, I trust your music. No, listen, I trust your musical acumen because you were the one who made me go back on Extinction Level Event and listen to the song with him and Mystical. Oh, so because I remember we talked about that in eighth grade. You was, yeah. like, was like, he was like, Paul, go back and listen to the song. I was like, man, I don't I really know. About and that. you made me so, so no, I trust you. I like the album, but it's like, if I'm, if it's like, if you're saying I need you to listen to, like, we're gonna pick like hip hop albums. I'm because even as much as I like 444, I probably wouldn't bring that in the list if I was gonna listen to straight. Hip hop hole. You I, I can understand that. You see what I can I'm understand because it's it's a different vibe. Right. Sure. Those are those are like now. If you said okay, listen to different vibe type holes. Okay, yeah. But if you said I want you to get whole hip hop albums. Okay, well I'm gonna bring Reasonable Doubt. I'm bringing my Lifetime. I'm gonna bring all the ones where I'm getting straight hip hop hove. Bro, I wouldn't even bring Kingdom Come as much as I like that. Of one. course, but, that's, but look, I mean, I get yeah. it, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, especially a, when it comes listen. to especially when it comes to music. It's a dope album. But this hurts my heart, bro. No, no it's say <laughs> that, bro. No, it's listen, oh, I like the album. Everything is it's love, just, bro. It's just if I'm listening to if I just want a hip hop vibe, that's not the one. I get it. That's not the I one. I mean And I'm not a I'm not a huge like a, I respect of course I respect Beyonce. We went to the show, me and my wife went to the show in yeah. Seattle, it was dope. Beyonce is one of the greatest entertainers I've ever well, she is the greatest entertainer I've ever witnessed in my life. I haven't seen Mike perform right. i haven't seen prince perform right um but what she does on stage the way that she can dance and sing i would i would argue Usher and not run out of performer though modern day better than beyonce i think she has a lot of great production but if you talk about dancing and singing man, he's doing flips 
So what? Do you know how hard it? I've seen you do a flip. Beyonce, it's hard Beyonce to do a flip. would do a flip, but she didn't have heels on. I'm just saying. I you I know you know how to do flips. I know you know how hard that is. No, I don't know how to do flips. Did you? I'm I scared. Remember, well, when we was little, I remember you could do flips. I might have been. I might have did something on on accident. I don't know. <laughs> I might have tumbled and did a cartwheel and did a somersault. I don't know. She's up there. I would say, and I would say, you gotta give Chris Brown some shine too. For sure. He's off, but he's nah, but nah, nah. Because Chris Brown, when he sing live, it's not. Nah, bro. I, I ain't gonna I ain't gonna let you get that off, bro. Beyonce's the greatest, bro. Nah, bro. <laughs> Nah, don't. The beehive gonna get mad. Yeah, nah, I no, don't she, care about the beehive, and I'm no, just saying, man, nah, I'm mad, bro. Nah, bro. Nah, but bro, Beyonce was rapping. Hold on, I, I gotta play this. I've, I seen, play this, I've seen Beyonce live. I saw them at the on the run, the first one. The and first no, one. no, she's by far, like all jokes aside, by far Beyonce is. Like I didn't get to see Mike. I didn't get to see Prince. Um, she's something special, and as a as an overall talent, she's she's unbelievable. I don't knock that. But like I said, if you're saying hip-hop vibes, though. Hip-hop vibes, bro. <laughs> hey. Bro, when she started rapping on this, I was like, ugh. Listen, I give her, listen, I give her all the love. Hey. When she started rapping, bro, tell me you don't feel something. Hold on. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's fired. Winner, listen, winner, she's winner, fired. Winner, skirt, skirt. Brand new sprinter. Bro, come on, bro. Nah, nah, man. But, okay, nah, bro. So if you had a mix. Nah, bro. So uh-huh. hold on. So nah. just, just think about it. I don't want to hear it. If you had a mix. <laughs> if you had a mix. Random playlist, like okay. you just play random on Jay Z's albums, Word. and you get, you know, uh, Dead Presidents, the first one, come on, and then you get Twenty Two Twos to mm. come on, mm. and then you know, um, like I said, that first song on Volume Three with the with the with the, um, or or the song on even uh, Dynasty, we talking about the intro, know, the intro, yeah. And then that come on, that was that's gonna throw off my vibe because it's not the same vibe. Well, I I'm, a, I, I'm I don't care that it's not the same vibe. That, but that's what I'm saying. It's if still I, amazing for me. I would have to put it. It's dope, but it would have to be a different category of songs. Oh, it. it I mean, it is different category. It's different. It's like I like different I don't listen vibe. to Drake like next to Kendrick. I don't. This is weird. This is. Oh, I can I can do that. I, I can't. Kendrick, because like you said, Kendrick's talking about some stuff. I gotta be thinking about it, and then. My mind, I'm in, I'm in a whole different space. Yeah. And then if I put Drake on, in the middle, no, I listen to Drake by himself. I can respect it. You know, I can respect it. Now, especially, especially with Kendrick, like to pimp a butterfly, I got to be in a certain mood to listen to that album. But yeah. any other Kendrick, I could pretty much listen to it. But not, I dig it, bro. Like especially with that song, with that album, it's a totally different vibe. And that's what I'm saying. Like if you're married, mm-hmm. then you can appreciate that a lot more than those that are not married. And, I respect I mean? that. And on that vibe, yes. I so, th- like, when I'm in the car with the wife and we on a road trip or something, just us, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or we just on vacation and we put that in the car, like, bro, like, that's, it's perfect. Yeah. It's I can a, respect that. Yeah. I can see where you're coming with that. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Did you listen to the, the Dreamers, the Revenge of the Dreamers? Bro, I do not like it. The whole album? To me, it's trash. I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you. Wow, the I'm whole not gonna hold you. the whole thing. I mean, there's maybe about three songs that I might 
put into a playlist? Maybe, but I, mm. I'm still not even like I don't want to hear any of this in any playlist that I have, bro. I'm, I'm, <laughs> bro. I was, I was thinking it was going to be so great, so mm-hmm. amazing. And then mm-hmm. I hear it, and it sounds the same way that they described them making it. Like I know mm-hmm. some great people involved, mm-hmm. but it sounds rushed. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a whole bunch of people just put together. Mm-hmm. It's like hip hop gumbo. It's a hip hop mixtape. Hip hop jambalaya. A it's a it's a mixtape that was done in a few days. Mm-hmm. And to me, down bad just, is probably my favorite though. Well, yeah, I mean that is the best song. Yeah, down easily, bad. easily. And obviously, middle child, I don't really count because I don't count that. It's that's, just a J Cole obviously song. That's dope. But everything else on there, I, I was not impressed. I love Ari Lennox, her album. Love it. Mm-hmm. Shea Butter Baby, amazing. Mm-hmm. Boss. Uh, I forgot the name of the album, uh, the one with the little pyramids on it. But that album, fire. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, even even J. Cole's last KOD, of course. Fuck, come on, man. Right. You know what I mean? So I'm I'm like, all right, this is Dreamville. Boom, we got Boz. We got J.I.D., you know, the Capri. He's dope, yeah. Bro, yeah. all of those projects, fire. Right. This? Yeah, I wasn't. I, I on, didn't. Man. I didn't have high expectations. So... I don't love it, but it didn't like disappoint me because I I didn't go into it. I didn't think it was gonna be special. I guess I, I guess I guess I'll just say that I yeah. I didn't think it was gonna be special. Mm-hmm. So listening to it, I was like, oh yeah, it's pretty cool. But to me, it's like there's so much music out. Like you really gotta, you know what I mean? Like you got a lot to choose from. So for me, I'm like, am I gonna listen to Revenge of the Dreamers or am I gonna listen to like Jaden Smith? Jaden Smith. Am I gonna listen to Revenge of the Dreamers or am I gonna listen to Big Crit? Did Big you crit. listen to Boogie's album? Who? B- Boogie. A Boogie? No. Compton rapper. He signed to Shady Records. Never heard of him. Dope. Yeah? Nothing. It's called, uh, wait, Everything's for Sale? Mm. Yeah, Boogie. I'm going to check him out. Yeah, he's dope. His uh, his album to me is, uh, his album's fire. Mm. I liked his better than uh, uh, Schoolboy Q. Mm. I liked his album. I mean, it was a little, it was different. It wasn't real schoolboy-ish, but I thought Q's album, the songs were individually like its own vibe, mm. and so I didn't feel like it meshed as an album. Really? Yeah. Mm. But he was, he was chopping. Like, yeah. he, I mean, yeah, he yeah. was, he was, he was going hard. Right. Um, but I'm just waiting for the next Kendrick, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see what happens with rap after that. Yeah, man. Because yeah. basically when he drops, it's going to be a shift. Yeah. So I'm just yeah. waiting to see what that's going to look like. Yeah, we need some more Kendrick in our in our life, man. Uh, question number two. Is there a movie that has changed your outlook on life? Ooh. Um, I don't have one. I'd probably say a couple, though. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously growing up, Minister Society, uh, Dead Presidents, Boys in the Hood. Mm. Higher Learning, Ooh. you know those those were real. Man, that's you know, an underrated movie, bro. Higher Learning, yeah, that was ahead especially of time. that yeah. um that that hit a lot. Um, I still think Michael Rapport is racist just because of that movie. <laughs> like, nah, bro. It's I hard. To, it's hard to see him different. It's hard to disassociate. It's hard to yeah. It's hard to like let that go because it's like he was a little too yeah. But um, your energy was real cohesive yeah. right there, brother. And then there's a lot of gangster film flicks that you know made me think about some things. You know, Godfather, the first one. Um, you know, Casino, mm. Goodfellas, Bronx Tale. So a lot of movies, like I, I look at they, and I, I feel like they just give like little pieces to things, you know, to 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 think about, mm. you know, yeah. um, you know, like with Minister Society, like when he 
He was like, you know, his his grandfather asked. He said, my grandfather asked if I cared if I live or died. I do, but it's too late. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. but it was like that statement, ironically fit not only Mr. Society to me, but also Boys in the Hood, mm-hmm. and also kind of you know. So it just kind of made makes you look at stuff different, like you know, with your choices yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, all all those movies, I think, kind of. Um, it was like a reenactment of a lot of what my dad was talking about, which is, you know, you you want to play that lifestyle. There's two places you're going to end up, mm. you know. Yeah. And uh, with the exception of higher learning, higher learning wasn't somebody trying to play that lifestyle. Right. But I'm saying that's just a really good movie. Yeah. But the other ones, it just yeah, it was like a reminder. Like for sure, you want to play that lifestyle. There's two ways you end up: dead or in jail. Because mm. there's there's no like Hall of Fame. You know what I mean for that? There's no pension plan for that. There's nobody, you know. So that was well. There is important. kind of a Hall of Fame. It's your mural on a right on a wall. Right. But it was it was it was good to have that you know be have that grounded. Too. Yeah, yeah, I like those sure. movies. Yeah, yeah. That's what's up? Um, question number three: When you feel overwhelmed, how do you de-stress? Music. Yeah. Um, Easy. Yeah, I listen to music. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't even I don't even know if there's a specific song mm-hmm. or whatever, but music, for the most part, can really um, change my mood pretty much any time. For sure. Yeah. So yeah. music, I'll, 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 you know, and even if I'm doing something, um, even if it's like I'm working out, obviously you got to listen to music, or, yeah. um, or if I do, if I do play, you know, video games with music, mm-hmm. I have music in my ears. Like mm-hmm. music, music is the part. It's the that's the thing that definitely is immediate, immediate like a immediate calm down. Like it's. Yeah. But is it a specific vibe? Like, like for me, like if I was, I do listen to music to to calm down. But it's like a certain type of instrumental, or if it's if there's words, you know, the vibe has to be real chill and calm. Like I'm I'm not listening to, uh, I'm not I'm not listening to like Griselda, right. <laughs> like Benny the Butcher or Conway. Right. Like I can't I'm not gonna get calm with that. Like I'm, I w- I was well, right. Well, I yeah. would probably say you know it depends on what the mood is. So like if I'm uh. If you know, if I'm, um, you know, if I'm like, uh, I don't know, like happy or something, then obviously something with some bounce to it, you know, yeah. some, some, you know, with some bounce and something, you know, kind of, uh, I don't know, a party feel, I guess, for lack of better words. If I'm, if I'm feeling kind of down, I'm, you know, I might put on some pock, you know, for like the kind of uh, inspirational type feel, or even like a Kendrick, you yeah. know, or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so depending on the yeah, depending on where the vibe is, but it's it's definitely gonna be music. For it's, sure. it, it, I'm gonna play some, something musical. Right. Yeah, that's the it's a must for sure. Question number four: If you woke up tomorrow and found out that you won the lottery for a hundred million dollars, how would you spend your money and your time from that day forward? Well, first I I need to I want to know how to keep it. So I'm that's, not spending that's important. Anything. So that's the Wise first man. thing I want to know how yeah, to keep it because yeah. 100 million today and 100 million right like, 70 years ago. So mm-hmm. I want to know how to keep it, mm. how to not have you know. And this is 100 million after taxes. Nah. Okay. No. Nope. So that's even right. So nope. now. So now so you I, you're talking about 
sixty to fifty five. Yes, after so now, taxes. Right. So now I need to know. Yes. Yeah, so I need to know that exact number. Right. <laughs> what do I have after taxes? So let's let's, let's say fifty five. Let's just say 55. right. So now it's fifty five. Mm-hmm. That's less than a hundred. So now mm. I'm even more frugal with it. Okay. You know, obviously I'm gonna pay off any student loan debt or anything that because I don't want that. For sure. So that's gotta be gone. Yeah, that's gone. Um, and then all, after all debt is gone. Right. Yeah. And then after that, once I know specifically how to you know, make that money grow for me. Yeah. Okay. Now we can start. Now we can play. Doing some, yeah, some play. But I'm not, no, I'm not trying to buy, I'm not trying to spend no crazy money on stuff without knowing how I'm going to bring it back. Cause then, mm. then what? Where? And you buy a Lambo, like the insurance on that, and then you can't pay for it, and you got to turn, no, nah, yeah. I'm not trying to have, no. I'm not trying to give nothing back. <laughs> so. you, try, you trying to flood your wrist real quick? No. Mm-mm. Trying to bust down the rollie real quick? No, sir. No? Oh, okay. No, I need to know how. How can this flip? Mm, that's a fact. So, Uncle Sam Day Bread, probably pay off whatever debt, mm-hmm. and then how do I make this flip? Man. Wise man. Yeah. Yeah, man. Question number five. What message do you want communicated at your eulogy? That just is funny you said that because it makes me think of – uh, the song by Kendrick, "Sing About Me." Mm, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I was and I was thinking about that. That I was like, "Yo, like, it's a it's a trip to hear that song because it almost feels morbid." But like to ask that question, like, what what would you want people to say? And I I think I think what I would want people to remember me for to communicate is, I, you know, I wasn't perfect, um, but I tried. Yeah, I tried the best. I I tried as hard as I could to do the the best I could. Yeah, you know, I don't. You know, it doesn't have to be long winded. Nobody has to go into a whole bunch of stories. Mm-hmm. But just understand that. Look, no, I wasn't perfect. I made a lot of mistakes, but at the end of the day, you know, I tried to do the best I could at all times by people, by my or do the best I could by people and and for myself. Yeah, and um, hopefully it was appreciated and. So. You know, hopefully something was was left that they can use and build on to give to somebody else. Or you know, yeah, I would think you know that would be a sentiment for you for sure. I mean, yeah. with the work that you're doing, social work, making an impact, you know, on kids at a very important you know um, point in their life, uh, and then also with you starting your nonprofit and the goals that you have, yeah, for sure, bro. Yeah, like so that would that would be my that would be my that probably be it, no yeah. doubt. I got a plus one. Can I get one more question? Is it okay? For sure. If you could choose any one celebrity as your life coach, who would it be and why? Uh, Hove. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The simple. And I and and here's and here's how here's, simple is that? We talking about and, him all right. <laughs> all and day. and I and I would say and the reason why I would say Hove, you know, in all seriousness, um, is because he he because he he wasn't willing to like just stay in one box. I'm not somebody that wants to be in a box. I want to be able to do different things. And I like that. I respect that about him. And um, I respect the fact, you know, because I can be shy at times too, even Mm -hmm. though I'm not as shy around people I know. But I'm saying Mm -hmm. I respect the fact that, you know, not a lot of people are willing to step out on a limb and try something that hasn't been done. You know, like we was talking about the Magna Carta, like that crashed. Like that was like a good... And bad idea, you know. To well, put business wise, it was great. Well, right, but music like, wise, it, it it'll never hurt his legacy. 
and it was a it wasn't the, the greatest musical effort but right. business wise well i'm saying because it crashed like initially like the app crashed the servers like i remember cause i remember i downloaded it <laughs> and and had it and then it like opened at like midnight and then it was like it kept crashing like the homie actually sent me the mm. files because i couldn't even get it wow off the off the thing because it was bought right so it, that, yeah. so it was like um but the willingness to try something yeah like i like i admire that like i admire like you look at all the things he's done you mm -hmm. know he he's usually you know tries to trailblaze something mm -hmm. it works or people or maybe it does or doesn't work or whatever but i respect that i respect that um that willingness from him to constantly keep pushing the thing forward i th i mean i think probably in another couple of years i mean he I don't know. He's probably gonna have to stop dropping music for at least ten years for people to really do that. But like he's he's becoming less and less known as a rapper though. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's known as just you a, know he's a mogul. He's a billionaire. And it's and that's dope to have that many things under his hat. To yeah. have had his own record label, to own his own masters, to mm -hmm. have music and then do clothing and the the sports, shoe the sports, sports agency and, yep. representing players. People forget like now people don't even remember like he was a part owner of the Brooklyn Nets and right. part of the reason they brought it. So I like all that. I think that's dope. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for him to it, he's a very inspiring individual for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely one of the best life coaches you can have because he's like you said he's done everything at every level and he continues to win. Yeah. Like, even though he's taken a few losses that we may or may not, there's probably some losses that we don't even know about. Right. He's probably lost a lot more than what we realize. Oh, yeah. You know, but, yeah, on different ventures, and, you know. But, yeah. uh, man, at the end of the day, he keeps winning more than he loses. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. It's like, that's one thing I try to keep in mind. Um, you know, I'm kind of hard-headed when it comes to my own <laughs> values and thoughts that I have. But it's like, it's not about being right and it's not about being perfect. It's about getting it right. Mm -hmm. You know, and so I think that's what Jay does. Like, he may not hit it out the park with that first swing, mm -mm. but he's going to eventually get that thing out of there. Yeah. And it's going to work to his benefit and to his advantage. Yeah. So, yeah, man, that, that would be. Yeah, cool I, res like I, re I respect him. Yeah. yeah, he's he's. Yeah, for so for so. Well, shoot, man, I, I appreciate you coming through, man. Man, this was this awesome. was amazing, bro. No, this was good. I haven't had this long of a conversation on a podcast in a long time, and it's this not easy to to have a damn well it's it's been more than three year three three hours because I didn't start recording until like oh, right. <laughs> after thirty minutes of right, talking, right, bro. Right. So right. yeah, man, it's it's really good to reconnect with you. No, man. most definitely, man. Yeah. For real. Yeah, man. I hate that like well, it's a gift and a curse. Having this podcast, I get to reconnect with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But then it's like, dang, why did it take this for us to reconnect? However, this I'll take this over social media any day. Right. <laughs> but you know what though? I will say this though, um and I'm not just saying this because you're here or I'm on your your podcast. But, you know, one thing I've realized that, that has been dope and it's kind of like we were saying with, like, you know, how do you grow past certain stuff? Mm. And that's like, you know, I feed off, you know, feeding off somebody else's faith or 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 their vibes, you know mm. what I'm saying, to help build your own, mm. you know what I'm saying? Mm. And, um, you know, seeing the positive stuff you're doing and, and being able to, be a part of it and and you know that's that's fuel for myself to continue to push and you know because you, we have our own moments you know what i'm saying yeah. as a man you know you're ahead of your household so you're trying to make things work and and even though you have support it's hard like you sit there yeah. and think dang like am i doing this right 
you know, I'm jumping out the window to do this. Is this, is this working? Mm-hmm. And it's dope, you know, to sit here and look around at people that I've grown up with and like, wow, okay. Okay. So, yeah. I, I, okay, I do think I'm on the right path doing mm-hmm. what I'm doing. This makes sense. You know, because look what he's doing. And, and that's a positive vibe. And I rock with that. And I'm trying to do something. And it's not like that specifically, but it's in that lane. Okay, I feel like that's... Wow. Okay, that's fuel. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. For sure. So yeah. it's like, I don't even think we realize that, like, what we bring to other people, even though we don't have those conversations. Right. But it's there. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's it's the I appreciate that a lot yeah. too, bro. Um, yeah. And I'm, you know, it's it's been a little over two years that I've been doing this now, and so I'm starting to have a lot more of those conversations, and it's people that I'm not even realizing is really like watching like that or just paying attention. And then they'll come up and say something and mention something or, you know, something that they heard in the podcast or just seeing the development. Because I try to just document my journey as much as possible on social media. Um, And it's just like, you know, just like that. I appreciate that encouragement. No, that's what I'm saying. It's it's like you don't realize like you doing you then encourages other people to do. Yeah. And then it affects them. And, and, And it's and it's. It's just a circle of positive vibes. Like it's, you know, so yeah, yeah, it's felt. For sure. Even if it's not always said. That's another thing I'm trying to make sure I do more of. Not on a corny level, but like let people know like, you know what, man, I, I see you, bro. Right. And I appreciate what you're doing. Even if I don't say it all the time. Yeah. You know, okay. because it needs, you, you need to have your flowers while you're here. Yeah, we got to give everybody their flowers. Yeah. Man. Um, I was able to just witness that, man. My, my pastor of basically my whole life, Pastor Martin, of Pastor James Martin and Sister Lynetta Martin of Mount Olivet, they just they just retired after 32 years of service. Wow. And so the last service that they had was like two weeks ago. And, um, you know, it's normally three different services, 7 o'clock or 7.30 service, 10 o'clock service in Beaverton, and they have 11.30 service back on the north side. But it was just all one service. Everybody came. It was their last service. And it was wow. just like, it was basically like a happy funeral. Like they were, everybody was giving him his flowers because they're moving back to North Carolina. They're going back home with their family. You know what I mean? And so it was the last service. And to see everybody just basically say all the things that they would say at a funeral, but they're saying it to them Mm -hmm. and then they they can enjoy it. Because that's the thing like about funerals that it's like, it's a, it's kind of a beautiful thing because it's like so much positivity Mm -hmm. being thrown out there and so many positive stories, but then like that person isn't there to hear it, to enjoy it. You know what I mean? Like that, like that person can't hear their eulogy, but, but Pastor Martin, Sister Martin just sat through three and a half hours of like multiple people giving, saying the things that they would say at their eulogy, but saying it to them in their face, you know, so they're giving them their flowers and it's like, man, we have to do that more often. We Mm -hmm. got, we got to stop waiting until the funeral. (laughs) We have to stop until we start sharing how important that person is and all the stories that they had that were positive and inspirational. Like we got to stop waiting. Mm Mm-hmm. No, yeah, no man. facts. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, bro. But um, before we get up out of here, man, for, for those that are struggling with their identity um, and just being comfortable in their own skin, what's your last final words to them, bro? Um, I would say um, <laughs> it's going to sound so cliche, but, you know, that self, that self-love and everything is real, you know, um. You know, you can't take in somebody else's love or whatever without having that for you first. So I would encourage somebody, you know, learn about you, you know, learn 
um, you know, learn about your family. Yeah. You know, find value in that, like your own personal heritage. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Because um, that's important. And then, you know, branch out outside of that. Learn about cultural and racial mm-hmm. stuff with outside of your family thing. And for sure. Find things. And don't just look for the stuff that's like, you know, the the staple. You know, if you're black, don't just go to Martin Luther King. Like, look at all types of Please stuff. Please don't just stop you know, at Martin Luther King. Yeah, look at all There's types of things. Find so somebody. Much. Or even if or even if Martin Luther King is your guy, if that's who you like, then find, learn, try to find obscure stuff that they don't always talk about. Like, look up different things. You know what I mean? Make Please. it. But don't stop at him. But I'm saying, but even if that's even if that's your guy, learn different stuff about him. You know what I mean? Then just die to have a dream speech. You know, try to be curious about learning. Yeah. You know, because that um, doing that and it will expand your mind and your thoughts to better form who you are. For sure. And by, you know, me learning about different people in my family and my own family and having that love for that, then it became like a sense of pride of like, OK, this is where I come from. So you don't have to understand where I come from. Then You don't have to understand me. Yeah. And that I don't not less than because you don't get it. Or, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, yeah. Just because I don't like math doesn't mean math isn't important. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make it less valuable. Yeah, it's just not valuable to me, and that's fair. But that doesn't mean I get to dog other people that like math. So it's the same thing with everything else. Yeah, you know. So yeah, Dope. that that would be my thing. You know, learn about you, and um, you know, fall in love with your yourself with your own mm. culture. That's it. And that's it's not it. gonna be an easy road, but yeah, right. But it's it's something that we all have to do. We all got to do that work on our own. Facts. And it's and it's uh it's been a, a common theme that you've been that you've been saying throughout the whole conversation is your dad and mm-hmm. all that he taught you and his upbringing and how that informs who you are and that's that's very important. So all the fathers out there, no matter what your situation is, uh, married or not, man, it's it's our job to instill what we can in our children. And yeah. I mean it's 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 both parents' job, but sometimes, you know, if you if you're a man and and uh you aren't raising your kids every day of the week. Yeah. You know, you kind of lose lose touch. Yeah. And you're just not having those conversations on a regular basis. And shout out to my mom too. But one thing I've tried to do more, yeah. Like I like you were saying is especially being a dad now mm-hmm. and faced with all those decisions as a dad. It's made me appreciate my dad. For sure. Because I already, cause you, I, you automatically, <laughs> like you almost, it's a given you appreciate your mom. And my mom did a lot yeah. for us. My yeah. mom did a lot. Word. But I'm not a woman, so I don't, I, I never you get don't to model experience. model yourself right. after her. Yeah. So I don't get to experience her experiences of, of being a parent. Mm-hmm. But being a dad now and understanding what that feels like and all the weight that comes with being a dad and yeah. then being a black dad and then, you know, so... It's like, yo, okay, damn. And then I find myself saying all this stuff yep. to my kids that my dad said to me. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, man, it's you. Like I appreciate it more for sure now that I'm a dad. Yeah. Like, oh God, okay, I understand. Yeah, I appreciate my parents like a thousand times more now that I'm a parent and know all that they were dealing with. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so. Yeah, man, it's wild. And it's crazy because, like, you know, I was the last of four, so they had me when they was in their 30s. And so I'm like, man, I'm 34. And I was like, well, if I had another kid right now, bro, I'll be stressed. I mean, we, we still might have one, so who knows? You right. know, um, I'm not going to rule that out. But still, though, like, man, 
it's it's a lot easier to deal with when you're younger you got more energy <laughs> you know Thanks. what i mean like yeah you're more flexible and all that yeah. type of stuff now i'm getting old bro and i should age is nothing but a number yeah. not like the r kelly way but like yeah if i if i treat my body better my body will respond better i understand that. however you know what i mean still <laughs> but i even but i even noticed that even with josiah like if yeah. i had had him at like when my parents had me at 20 and 21 i had josiah at 26 mm-hmm. like with him being eight, if I had him at twenty, I'd be twenty eight. Like that'd have been a whole different vibe yeah. in itself. Yeah, that's that'd it. be different compared to like you said, I'm thirty four now. It's like yeah. you know, like he'd be wanting to do stuff and I'm like, I wanna do it too. And I'll be ready. But <laughs> the way my body's set up today, yeah. I'm not <laughs> Yeah, I'm I got a stricter schedule for my life now. I definitely need to get in the bed at a certain yeah. time now. Like I can't do all this stuff and then do yeah. what I want to do and whatever. So yeah. nah, I feel it. I so feel it's it. different. Where so uh, how can people reach out to you on the socials if they want to highlight um, you? Man, uh, PJ, PJ the DJ 84 on Instagram. And I do have, I'm still working on um, this, um, the social media for, uh, I have to update it for, for ION, for Influencers of Neighborhoods. So okay. it's ION's World um, on Instagram. But yeah, you can, yeah, you can find me on there. And like I said, obviously you can come check me out. I'm over at Alliance at Benson High School. And so I'm, you know, there we open, um, the school's open four days a week. So I'm there from like nine to six forty-five or whatever. Ooh, yeah. Monday through Thursday. But I got Friday off every week. So okay. that's cool. That's so yeah. So I'm there. And then, like I said, there's some stuff I'm, I'm looking forward to do this weekend and continue to partner up with, uh, these great black men out here. So yeah, man, that's yeah. what's up, bro. I'll be around. Word. And if y'all want to reach out to me on the, for the show page, hit me up on Twitter and Instagram socks and sandals podcast if you're on itunes please rate five stars leave a comment uh if you're on soundcloud hit that heart button hit that repost i appreciate that every little bit of support goes a long way so i appreciate y'all love y'all holla at y'all next week it's the socks and sandals podcast where society culture history and religion collide and we unapologetically discuss our world views grace and peace